Blog Talk Radio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Commissioner T back on the air. Not sure what the technical difficulty was. Let me see if I can get Dr. Train now. Uh, Dr. Train, do we have you live on the Madden Voice? Yes, you do. <laughs> All right. I, I'm really not sure what the problem was. I, I could hear you, but you couldn't hear me. Um, uh, oh, wow. I'm not really sure what the problem was. I'm not really sure what the problem was. Um, 
But so I, I, I left the show, and I came back to the show. <laughs> but I can hear you. Uh, but I can hear you. So that was. So I guess we'll find out in the archive if I talked for eight minutes for nothing, or if in fact uh, everything on my end showed that I was live and connected. But problem with modern technology, ladies and gentlemen, is sometimes don't happen. So um, uh, please, please, please forgive us for the first few minutes. Could be on my end. I, I am doing something a little bit different. Um, but I've done it before, and it usually works. So uh, here I am. So I was saying it, and as I was introducing you, I could hear you say, I don't hear anything. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, but I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Anyway, the man, the Dr. Philosophy, EAF, EAFL Super Bowl One winner, Dr. Train, welcome to the Madden Voice. Thanks, T. I had this whole thought-out sentence that I was going to say Uh uh, with my intro today, but now it's gone. Oh, <laughs> well, where, where, where'd it go? Bring it on. Well, I was going, you know, I was going to do my 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 best Jay Cutler impersonation. <laughs> Hello, oh, TMD. Hello, TMD. My name is Jay Cutler, and uh, I'm in the NFL to make everyone else famous. You know, I get touched down. <laughs> defensive tackles and uh, interceptions to defensive tackles, and I give four interceptions to cornerbacks that can't really guard anybody because I'm Jay Cutler. Nice to meet y'all. Carry on, man. All right. All right. Well, we're going to get into that. And uh, let's bring on on the uh, Imagination Season 4 contestant. Um, Well, heck, y'all know who he is. K-Star, welcome to the Madden Voice. What's going on, fellas? What's up, Kay? Yeah, so, I'm not really sure my, where um, technical difficulties lied, lied earlier, but we, 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 we are on now. Yeah, I, got, I, I, I thought I got fired. I was like, all right, am I done? Okay. I'm going to try again. Oh, am I done? Okay. I guess I'll go home now. Okay, <laughs> nice run. <laughs> yeah, we're good. And as I said at the beginning of the show, uh, uh, JB will be joining us. He, he informed me that uh, he would be late getting onto the show, but he will be joining us, so. Uh, we will be uh, hearing from JB shortly, but let's start with the hot topic. Been all over the news. Been all over um, pretty much uh, sports channels, news channels, uh, entertainment discussion. Uh, you really can't turn on uh, uh, any of the major networks and not hear about the whole Ray Rice um, debacle. And for those of you who may have been, you know, living under a rock and don't know what we're speaking of. Uh, TMZ released the actual in-elevator footage of Ray Rice. Um, it is disturbing, and um, I would encourage anyone who hasn't seen it, I, I think it's good to go out and see it. Um, if you haven't seen it, like I said, you've probably been living under a rock, but um, it, it does, uh, it, it, you can clearly see at least two hits to the young lady in the second hit. Uh, cause a certain hit her head on the on the uh, rail in the elevator, and she's out cold. There is it looks like he might be spitting on her, or she's spitting on him. It's hard to really tell. Video is a little choppy, um, but it's definitely him, you know, punching her at least twice. You you can see it pretty clear. Um, and as a result of this video released by TMZ, um, first the uh, Ravens uh, cut him, released him, and then uh, shortly after the NFL. Uh, suspended him indefinitely. Um, since then, we've heard 
Uh, there's been a, just everyone has an opinion. I, I, I talk about a topic that has polarized um, pretty much not just the NFL but all sports. Uh, everyone has an opinion about what is going on here. What I, what I don't want to do is regurgitate what everyone has been saying all day. So let me just put this out there so we don't have to say this 100 times tonight. I think we all in this show agree that domestic violence and putting your hands on a woman is uncalled for, okay? So I don't think anyone on this show is going to defend Ray Rice putting his hands on, on her for any reason. There's, there's just that's something that we can agree shouldn't happen. So let's not say that again because that's all I've been hearing for two days, everyone getting on their soapbox and preaching about how, it, how unacceptable that is. We know this. Okay, so let's put that out there on Front Street. Um, but that said, let me start with Dr. Train. You're, you're, you know, I have a lot of thoughts, but I want to hear what you guys have to say first on what mm-hmm. has transpired in the last 48 hours with Ray Rice, the Ravens, and the NFL. What I'm finding hard to understand, and um, I really want to know what was said to the commissioner before this video came out. I, I want to know what story they turned around and gave him uh, for him to give his punishment to Ray Rice. Because either one, they lied about how things really transpired in the elevator, or two, the NFL really didn't do its due diligence. Because okay. what I thought was pretty horrendous. And that's, that's, that's like the constant question I'd like have in my head like the all, all day. Like, did they lie to him or did they just not do the homework? Okay. K-Star, your take? I guess my whole takeaway from this is, I mean, as you said, obviously domestic violence is wrong, but what did you, when I heard the video had surfaced, I was like, oh, God, uh, this can't be good. But then again, did anyone was expected to be like a pretty picture painted out for us? Like when we saw the video, what were, like, again, it was bad. It was horrific. But what did you expect it to be? Like, I couldn't imagine the scenario where the video came out and it was like a nice way to punch a woman. And I'm not saying that to try to be funny. But, but like, seriously, like, come on. Like, I guess my mind is a little, I, I don't know, I guess what everyone was expecting. Like, we were upset with the penalty being too uh, insignificant for the two games being too light initially because we all know what it was. He hit a woman, and obviously that would call for a violent altercation, which is what we saw. I don't know or, 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 or see why this video was such a game changer. I mean, yeah, it's it's, Horrific to see, but then again, I just want, I'm wondering what people envisioned in their heads, what they had seen. Can you like, dig I, it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? You know, K-Star, you and I don't see eye to eye many times, which is fine. That's, that's what, you know, debate is all about. But this is one time where I'm just sitting here saying, preach, brother, preach. I mean, if I can just piggyback that one comment that you just said. <laughs> We saw him dragging her out of the elevator. What does everybody think went on in the elevator? I mean, you know, the world is acting like, and I agree with you, it was horrific to see it, but what did you think happened? He dragged her out. She was out cold. We saw that already. What did you think? She was drunk? (laughs) I mean, you know, I mean, we knew something physical went on. So why is everybody now acting like, 
you know, the world's got to come to an end because now you see it. You, you really were that naive to think that that didn't happen? And, yes, a picture is worth a million words. I get that. But, Case, I couldn't agree with you more. The, 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 let, me, let, me just, let me just give me a minute here because this has been bugging me all day. Um, Goodell comes out and says two-game suspension. Law enforcement said go take a class. Law enforcement saw the doggone video. Goodell supposedly asked for information. I got no reason to doubt him. I don't know why he couldn't get his hands on the video. That's been speculated for two days. Rumor is he asked, but he didn't ask the right people. I don't know. But I find it hard to believe that he didn't know or didn't have a sense of what went on. So everybody that were the triers of fact said two games. Video comes out. Now all of a sudden, let's pull the run out from underneath this guy. There's something wrong here, ladies and gentlemen. There's something wrong. And don't mistake for a second me defending Ray Rice. I'm looking at the process of how we got here. I said on this very show one week ago that the policy was bullshit. Six games, first offense. I said on it, I should have queued up the audio. I said on this very show, every uh, domestic violence violation is not equal. You can't just say six games without knowing what went on. Can't do it. What, a week later it went from a two-game suspension to being cut by the team and, and uh, suspended indefinitely? What happened to your new policy? Isn't this still a first offense? What happened? Your whole, your whole policy just got blown up because it was stupid. And my problem is, is that I don't think at this point that Ray Rice is being treated fairly. Now, let me be clear. I don't blame the Ravens at all. Ravens did what they had to do. You know, they, they had no choice. They had to cut like, That's just it. They had to cut them. But I'm talking about the NFL. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the NFL and their investigation. This, this, we, we're talking Months have gone by here. Ladies and gentlemen, this is April that this happened. This is now September. Five months have gone by. Now, you, now all of a sudden you want to be righteous. Change the policy coincidentally 10 days ago. Like you didn't get wind that maybe this video was going to get leaked out somehow. Like you didn't know that this was going to come out and you was going to look like a fool. So let's go ahead and change the policy. There's something wrong here. Something just ain't adding up. And Ray Rice ain't getting the short end of it. Not that he shouldn't be suspended. I'm not saying that. He did. You know, I, I personally, a year, gone for the year. Absolutely agree with that. But how do you get there? And last but not least, and I heard Keith Overman say this, and I'm a little sick and tired of everybody being a domestic violence professional about how the, the, the wife's statements are those by sounding just like someone who is a victim of domestic violence and is speaking from a point of fear. Um, Keith Overman, with all due respect, you've done sports, you've done politics. I don't remember seeing you doing any shows on therapy or family therapy or counseling. I don't know you to have your MSW. I don't know you to be a therapist or a clinician. So how do you know? 
How do you know? You have an opinion like everybody else. This rush to judgment when these things happen is insane. Was Ray Rice correct? No, he's wrong, and he deserves to be punished. But people have to understand that due process is lacking here somehow. Something's not right here. Because if the law said, the court system, right, that same court system that sent Michael Vick to jail, if that court system said, go take a class, and the NFL so many times said, we're not going to do anything, we're going to wait until the legal system takes care of it, and then we'll make a ruling, right? You hear that all the time. Let's let the legal system. Ray McDonald's arrested. He played this weekend. But he got arrested. Why is it, why, why isn't he suspended? Well, because we're letting the legal system take place. Well, the legal system said Ray Rice, for whatever reason, and I'm not saying that they're right. I'm just saying what happened. You're, you're, you go take a class. That's your penalty. But yet now the video is out. Now we got to cover our asses. We got to protect our our revenue. We got to protect our sponsors. We got to protect 45% of population female that watch this and not offend them. So we're gonna go ahead and just suspend him indefinitely. No due process here now, right? Oh no, we had due process three months ago when we suspended him for two games. Now we get more information. And, and within hours, he suspended indefinitely. I, I, I could care less that he was suspended indefinitely. What I care about is how we got here. And how we got here is wrong. It's not right. And people are in, I just see anybody. The only thing I'm hearing people say is the commissioner might have known more. The NFL, they're questioning. What about, what about the fact, okay, now we do know. Wait a minute. Slow down for a minute. Slow down. This, this is a problem, ladies and gentlemen. This is a problem. And question was asked today, should uh, Commissioner Goodell's job be on the line? Absolutely. Your job is to protect the brand. You failed here somewhere, buddy. You failed here somewhere. Somewhere in this whole Ray Rice domestic violence issue, you failed somewhere. And I'm sorry. I've never put my hand on a woman in my entire life. But I can't ignore the fact that the wife went and married him a month later. I can't ignore that. I mean, do you truly believe that now that it became public that she now couldn't get out of that if she was feeling that afraid? You've got the whole world watching you now. What's he going to do now? Maybe before that if he was afraid, okay. But now there's too much scrutiny now. He'd be a damn idiot to do something to you now. The whole world is watching. What did he do? He turned around. She turned around married him a month later. I'm just saying something is wrong here. And I will submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, that over the next several days, whatever is wrong will come out. Should Ray Rice be suspended? Absolutely. Is, is indefinite the right answer? I don't know. I'm not good bell. My gut said he should be gone for the year, and there should be some things he has to do to come back next year and play. He should get another chance to play, my opinion. But there should be some, 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 some things to that. Thoughts on, on my position, gentlemen? Hey, uh, uh, Train, any thoughts? I would say the only thing that I, that I don't fully agree with you on is the whole uh, Goodell's job being in jeopardy. Um, if he tried to hide something, I could partially agree with that. Um, but everyone does make mistakes. But that's the whole cloudy part of the situation. 
it's it's hard to believe that the NFL couldn't get more information than what they had in order to make their decision. And honestly, just listening to everything you said, it's it's a lot. You said a lot of stuff that I really didn't really consider, and it makes sense. I mean, it makes sense in the sense that you know how things occurred is really foul. And it, and somebody didn't do their part. Somebody was trying to cover stuff up. They were trying to move past it. So I, I agree with you. Just disagree with you a little bit on that one part of him being his, of his job being in jeopardy. Well, let me let me just say let me just say this, and then I'll let Case start chiming. Mark Schler said it best. Um, he said that when Bounty Gate happened, and um, um, Sean Payton was suspended for a year. And Goodell, Goodell said Payton didn't know about the bounties. Everybody recalls the bounties that were, you know, bounty gate and the financial incentives to knock somebody out of a football game and Greg Williams, defense coordinator and all that. And Payton said, I had no idea. And Goodell said, but it's your job to know. Not knowing is no excuse. You're the head coach of the football team. It's your job to know it. He was suspended for a year. Mm-hmm. Okay? So with that same logic, I don't want to hear from Commissioner Goodell. I didn't know. It's your you job point. to know. I'm stealing this one. This ain't my point. Mark Schlereth on ESPN said this today, and I said, man, God, that's the best point I've heard. Uh, and I will give Stephen A. Smith some credit, too. He said some good things on first take as well. But what Mark Schler said to me, that was the best point I heard all day. It's Goodell's job to know. It's your job. And you failed. I'm not saying I would fire him. I'm saying his job should be in jeopardy pending some kind of, if I'm an owner in this league, we're going to do a little internal investigation and just get to the bottom of it. Well, I just want to know. Because the casino and law enforcement are saying the NFL didn't request the copy of the video. Mm. So that's what they're saying. So there's more here. That's my point. I think there's more here. Okay, sorry, any thoughts? Yeah. Um, I'll say this about Goodell's job. I do not think it should be in jeopardy unless that is confirmed and, val- and validated that uh, there is something that is missing something scandalous, something bigger than what's going on in terms of a cover-up. Because, you know, on the other end of it, it, apparently it's illegal for the NFL to even obtain that video at that time um, and that they couldn't acquire it and all this other stuff and that they did reach out. Why would it be illegal? Why would it be illegal? TMZ got it. TMZ got it after the fact, after it was already wrapped up, the case itself. But when it actually had occurred, uh, apparently the NFL – uh, wasn't allowed to, you know, acquire such tape or have it uh, presented to them because I've not heard that at all. Legal. I have not heard that you, at all today. Look into it. Look into it. It's um, I'm pull up an article. Uh, apparently, so, legitimately, it, it is illegal for, for an outside business entity to acquire information about a uh, public state matter or, or something of the sort. I gotta reference it here, but apparently, that's the biggest. Um, uh, st- sticking point, talking point the NFL does have going for it. But, again, if if it does turn out that, again, uh, you know, there's something more, 
uh, to it than, than, than what's been presented so far, then I agree his job should be uh, in jeopardy. But to this point, at this point, I don't, I don't see how it really can be because, again, he said they admitted they were wrong and they changed the policy because of it because, obviously, it was stupid. It was bleak. But as we sit here and say, like, come on, we know that a woman got punched in the face. It wasn't going to be a pretty picture. Um, I, I think, again, when, him, when he, Goodell, and the NFL said that they got it wrong and made changes to their policy, I don't think that because a video was now released that everyone, the public especially, should have some huge outrage as to what the initial decision was. When he had already made the mistake, they already rectified it. And... I don't know. I mean, he didn't rectify it. He changed the policy. He didn't rectify nothing because the very first um, application of his new policy, and he went to indefinite suspension. He didn't say six games. That's his policy. He came out a week ago and said, I was wrong. I apologize. You're right. And here's what we're going to do. First offense, six games. Second offense, you're out of the NFL. That's what he said. Well, that's not what he did with Ray Rice. So where's your policy? Your policy sucks. <laughs> your policy stinks. It doesn't work. Because if it worked, then Ray Rice would be suspended for six games, and this issue would be dead. He would come out and say, well, we got more information. He's not suspended for six games per our new policy. He didn't do that. <laughs> he said, Banned indefinitely, and any team that wants to sign him needs to call me first. I, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. did I miss that in the policy? I, I didn't. Did, where did I, where was that at in the policy? He, there's a problem here. Is what I'm saying. There's a problem here. All right, but the policy was initially wrong, and there's nothing you can fix it to try to try to make sure that doesn't happen again. Mm. But I mean, again, that's what I'm trying to say. With, with that in mind, with that. You know, being the case, so that the, there was an overhaul in policy to the point where it is very, very extreme. But I mean, the guy got suspended now indefinitely, which is isn't really fair, <laughs> honestly. But that's the policy. I feel, like, I feel, I feel that honestly, still though, that's public. Has almost dictated the circumstances because, again, when I reference how I don't think people thought the video was going to going to have, I'm not sure why everyone else is so shocked by it, and now they're even more appalled than you know, what they previously should have been. I, I guess I, I think it's more than just the NFL. I feel like it's a, it's, it's a public kind of rolling uh, the land type of situation. Yeah, it is, but, but the public doesn't run the NFL. The not runs the NFL. He works for the owners. He went out on a limb 10 days ago, 11 days ago, changed policy, said, here's what we're going to do. Got on his horse and said, I apologize, and the suspension of Ray Rice was too light, and everybody's correct. However, per the collective bargaining agreement, I can't go back and um, change that. But moving forward, here's the new policy. And everybody applauded. Except Commissioner C. I didn't applaud. But everybody, oh, that's very good. Yes, okay. Thank you. Ten days later. Oh, I'm sorry. You're banned indefinitely. Hey, what happened to the policy? This is the policy. <laughs> There's a problem here. There's a problem here. Yeah. Sorry. We'll walk them out, and uh, depending on how this week plays out, we might uh, we might have to get a lunchtime with Commissioner C later in the week. Um, I don't know that I want to wait a full week to revisit this because um, while I firmly agree with the penalty to Ray Rice, 
I don't agree with how we got here. That's my issue. That's always been my issue is due process, and there was no process here. There was none, and that's a problem for me. So um, we're going to keep an eye on the Ray Rice situation. I'm sure it will be top of the news for the next few days. Um, let's, see. let's see what else we find out. And, uh, and, and, and let's remember, you know, um, you know, they are married now, and this whole thing does affect their family. And let's just pray for her and hope that she's not living in fear. Let's pray for her and hope that whatever happened, and it was kind of an isolated one-time event that he gratefully regrets, and they've actually mended their ways and can have a nice long marriage together. We don't know. Let's hope that's the case, though, because that is what's bigger than football. So, um, moving right along. So, uh, I, I keep I keep getting feedback, and I'm not sure who I'm getting it from. I'm going to mute you guys and see if that gets rid of any of it. Um, well, let me see. I just muted K Star. K Star, hanging with me. I'm not sure if that because uh, I'm getting I'm getting some kind of feedback. I'm sorry, but we're just having all types of. Um, Doctor Tran, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. I'm just, I just mute myself when I'm not talking at all. Okay. All right. That's fine. Yeah. All right. And K-Star brought you back because I actually think it's Dr. Train because when he unmuted me, unmuted himself, I heard the background. So I think it's Dr. Train that's giving me some feedback. So, uh, yeah, Train, keep muting yourself unless you talk. <laughs> all right. Um, I'm going to do my segment very quickly. Um, and that's the Commissioner T uh, taking on first take. If anybody wants to call and chime in and uh, take me on, you know, you don't like my position on things, you know, I don't like uh, uh, Dr. Train or K-Star or when JB joins us, hey, we, you know, we're more than happy to hear your side of things and then hear you out and let's have a little dialogue. Uh, 347-838-9525, 347-838-9525. Again, I apologize. I'm a little under the weather. Excuse me, the show must go on, and uh, I enjoy doing the show. Um, so I, I just a couple of quick things I have to take uh, first take and Stephen A. Smith on again. I, I'm trying to show everybody that the most popular show on ESPN uh, is not what it presents itself to be and that these guys double talk pretty regularly. And I just want, to, I want everyone to be a little smarter than that and not fall for the double talk. Um, so um, this, of course, has to do with my Cowboys. But um, here, here's, here's the first thing that, that I caught that was just a blatant misrepresentation. Just check this one out. Classic. So let me entertain myself for a second here. <laughs> so, so Melton comes over from Chicago. He's injured. He comes over from Chicago. That's your premier pass rusher. Not only do you I let Hatcher go. No, 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 I'm saying that. He's a premier for them. Okay. I'm saying not only do you let Hatcher go, you let him go where? Within a division. Within a division. To Washington. And oh, by the way, you like, what's, what's this guy? Demarcus Lawrence, what is You moved up in the draft to get him. He's out with yes. the foot injury. So what do you do? Here's the state of the Dallas Cowboys. Forget all of this stuff because we understand that he came out and he acknowledged that he's, he's gay and he's openly gay player, first time in NFL history. We understand it. But what do you do? You go and you make sure if nothing else, I'm going to steal headlines. Not only do you sign this dude to the practice squad, which I have no problem with because he right. deserved it and he earned it. But here's my thing. You had a press conference for a practice player. That's unbelievable. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys are special, I, man. Serious. All right, so let me just take these one points at a time. Um, the Cowboys didn't let Jason Hatcher go. He was a free agent. 
They made him an offer. Washington made him a better offer. They couldn't afford him, period. The whole mentality that you let him go to the Redskins, you really think the college, he was their leading sacker, sack, uh, sack uh, producer last year, the best defensive lineman on the team. They just couldn't afford him. Same thing with Ware. They didn't want to lose Ware either. Couldn't afford him. So that's just wrong. Demarcus Lawrence, yes, they moved up in the draft to get him. He's got a foot injury. He's out for eight weeks. He's injured. I, I don't even understand the point in bringing him up. Yes, you moved up to get him because they need a pass rusher. But the blatant, the most blatant lie here is that they had a press conference for Michael Snap. No, they did not. Jason Garrett has a press conference after every practice, and he talks about what went on at practice. That's what he did before him, Wade Phillips, before him, Bill Parcells, and so on and so on, and many coaches around the league. Because Michael Sam had so much press, there were three times the number of reporters at Valley Ranch after this practice. And, of course, they asked about Michael Sam. That was it. And he answered their questions. And that was it. It is just a blatant lie. They did not do a special press conference to announce the signing of Michael Sam to the practice squad. That is a lie. And I'm tired of Stephen A. just making up stuff to make whoever he wants to attack look bad. It's a blatant lie. But here's, here's another one. Hang in there. Here's another one. How'd you like their defense yesterday? You know what? I was impressed with well, them in the back and half. Thank but you. I will say this. I don't think that highly of San Francisco's offense. I don't either. I think they're respectable, but I don't think there's anything elite about mm-hmm. their offense. So to me, it's not that big of a deal. Let's see what happens. Have you ever seen Tony? So this is this is Stephen A. talking about Dallas, and we'll talk about this game in a little bit. But Dallas's defense against the 49ers, and if you watch the game, um, we all—it's pretty clear why it was us. Like, hey, Romo was horrible. Um, and he's saying that it wasn't that big of a deal because the San Francisco offense is no big deal. Um, this is the same team that has been to the NFC Championship game three years in a row. This is the same team who has Vernon Davis, Michael Crabtree, um, Carlos Hyde, uh, Frank Gore. Um, I'm probably missing somebody on offense that they have. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't understand. I'm not saying that they're uh, the Saints or the Broncos, but they have pretty good offense. And the Cowboys' defense was projected to be the worst defense in the league, worse this year than last year. And if you saw the game, the defense is why they lost that game. Defense played okay. It was great, but they, they were in there competing. They did what I said they would do. They were proud, and they went and they played their heart off. Unfortunately, the offense didn't, didn't do its part of the job. That's end of the, I'm not going to get into that a little bit later, but it wasn't the defense that lost that game. It wasn't the defense. So how do you, how do you, come, how do you say, well, it doesn't matter um, because the offense wasn't that good when you and everybody else has said how bad the job defense is going to be? It's just no matter what this team does, he's going to find a way. If it's not the Giants or the Steelers, his two teams, um, he's going to find a way, or the Eagles actually got three teams because he used to work in Philly, so he's a New York guy, so he likes the Giants, he likes the Jets, he's a Philly guy, so he likes the Eagles. Oh, yeah, and, and he grew up a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. So he's got four teams. Well, you know, God, it's, you know, one-eighth of the league. That's your team. Give me a break. Pick a team. 
It just, it's just annoying that so many people look up to this show, and if you sit there and really listen, you find that there's not a lot of substance behind many of their opinions. Now, today when I was listening to Ray Rice, I will say I was impressed. A lot of what they had to say about the Ray Rice issue, you know, was, was stuff that made some sense. But to me, and I'm going I'm to do this every week, I'm going I'm to find things that may be cowboy-related, it may not be cowboy-related, I don't know. But whatever it is, I'm going to show everybody that this show and these kind of it may not even always be first take. It could be another show that I hear. But don't always think because they're sitting on TV they know more than you do or they know more than the people here on the Madden Voice because that's not always the case. You want to talk schemes and that kind of stuff? Okay, maybe there are guys on TV that know more because you play the game. So they might know and be able to talk about the Mike Linebacker, the assignment, and this, that, and this guy, and this, this. Okay, I got no problem with that. But in general, when you're pre- predicting and making projections, you're guessing just like everybody else. So don't act like you know more because you don't. All right, I'm done. All right, I, I'm done. God, I enjoy that. I really do. All right, let's bring our K-Star back on. Uh, we lost him. Now he's back. K-Star, are you back with us? I am. All right. All right, I'm done beating up on Stephen A. Smith. It is now time for everybody's favorite segment. Oh, no, we just did everybody's favorite segment. So it's time for K-Star's segment, the bona fide fantasy segment. K-Star, take it away. All right, let's get bona fide. We, ladies and gentlemen, just went through week one. Not only football, but as we all know and love and adore fantasy football. And we, we turned the new page in the NFL season. But in the fantasy season, it gets a little more it's a little more extreme. We have more questions initially than we do answers. And here I am ready to tell you who's bona fide and who's not. And we're going to start right away with Jake Locker. Now, my question I want to present to everyone is, and the narrative to him, is will Jake Locker be a top 12 quarterback the rest of the way? Now, to me, Jake Locker actually is bona fide. And it's weird because he's been a player – who has been injury-prone, who has had flashes, but it's been mainly a flash in the pan, never anything that has stuck. Uh, but now he's coached Ken Woodenhunt, and Ken Woodenhunt is a very, very good offensive coordinator. He's absolutely uh, helped Big, Ben's, uh, Big Ben become uh, an elite quarterback when he was younger. He helped uh, re-rectify uh, Philip Rivers' career last year, and he absolutely helped Kurt Warner uh, you know, back in the Arizona days when they were a playoff and Super Bowl team. You know, he's had success wherever he's went. And you look at Jay Walker, and you look at the weapons around him. He has a very strong offensive line. He is very mobile, which is his biggest asset, and we all know is what's most important uh, to scoring fantasy football points more so than uh, straight passing yards for a quarterback. And additionally, you look at those receivers. Justin Hunter, extremely talented. Nick Washington, solid receiver. Kendall Wright, uh, very good receiver, 1,000-yard receiver. And, you know, a solid tight end in Delaney Walker. You know, he has those tools. And... He, guys, the biggest thing with Jake Walker for me is health. I, I think he's absolutely a top 12 quarterback as far as points per game basis uh, go. And I think that what Ken Wisenhunt will do is protect him more so than, uh, you know, than the previous years past where he's been uh, coached by other coordinators, by other uh, guys who really didn't know how to coach a quarterback. But Jake Walker is very, very talented. I actually think he is going to be a top 12 quarterback the rest of the way in fantasy football land, not real life, so people don't get it twisted. So Jake Locker, to me, is bona fide this season. Trey, you, you want to re- respond? Well, head on. Um, in reference to being a top 12, bona fide, bona front, um, 
Yeah, I'm going to call Jake Lockup on the front. I'm sorry. I haven't seen enough of that. I know he's in. I know he he hasn't had has a chance to play a full season, but uh, I'm not going to anoint him until I see him play a full season. That is my rule on quarterbacks. That will continue to be my rule on quarterbacks. He has flashes, but yeah, top twelve for the rest of the season. No, I'm on the front. But you know, my comment is, if he's top twelve in the NFL, what good is that in fantasy when you're in a twelve team league or a fourteen team league? And he's top twelve. What is that doing you? Uh, uh, so he could be twelve, and you're right. He's a top twelve quarterback. And in that fantasy league, because you said as a fantasy player, top twelve. Well, I don't know about you. Um, I don't want a top twelve quarterback as my starter. I, I'm trying to get me a top five fantasy quarterback as my starter. That's what that's what I'm trying to do. Actually, that's what I have. So if he's, you know, will he be relevant? My answer to that is no. Will he be top 12 on the quarterback list for fantasy points? Maybe. But will that make him relevant? I don't think that's going to be good enough. He's going to have to propel himself into, you know, the top at least six to eight point-wise to really help any team make it to the promised land. He can't be just, you know, know, 11th or 12th in any given league because most of the leagues – you know, there are some leagues that are eight or ten teams, but most of the leagues are 12 teams or 14. A couple out there are 16. So that's top 12 thing. You've got to, you've got to do better. And um, right now, I'm going to I'm agree with you. i got to see more out of them. i, I got to see more out of them before I can, um, before I can start to, uh, uh, you know, before he's someone that I would look at drafting <laughs> next year or the year after. I, I know one game ain't telling me enough. I'm, I'm going to try to train on this one. Good moment. The one thing I would say, though, about Jake Locker in the top 12 comment is if you drafted a guy like RG3 who potentially may not be a top 12 guy or you start off uh, with a quarterback who uh, maybe gets hurt you know, or, or just isn't playing to what the level in which you had anticipated or hoped for, then I think it is relevant because I think that we all know, you know there's some quarterbacks who we thought would be a top 12 guy that – you know, something happened along the way to prevent them from being that. So I think in that setting is where you kind of would want to target him if you have questions at quarterback. Um, but So you're saying the guy that you would bring in as a backup on your team is bona fide, a guy who could potentially be a backup absolutely. because an RG3 may be inconsistent. Absolutely, because, well, because, I think, because think of it like this. Why would he need a Jake Locker if you have a Drew Brees unless you want to use him potentially as trade bait if he, you know, ends up being really, really good? Uh, yeah, dude. if you have – dude, what? Walker is a good fantasy two quarterback, yeah. He can come off that bench from me, but a weekly starter, no, I'm not trusting him on a weekly. That's crazy. You haven't seen enough from him to trust him on a weekly. One After one week? Absolutely not. You know what fantasy football is? It's, it's projecting. And I'm not saying that he's going to uh, – what, what I'm trying to tell you is if you – I don't see how if you don't have an RG3, or if you have an RG3, rather – or even maybe to the degree if you, for some reason, are now down on Nick Foles, which is ridiculous. Um, I, I think that absolutely Jake Locker could be a guy who can help you, can be your comfort food, who if, you know, again, he does pan out, you have at least another option, uh, another alternative. You know, that, I don't that, think might be case. That, that might be the case. He might be able to come in. I have Carson Palmer on one of my teams as a backup, and uh, Carson and that's Palmer. That's a very good backup. That's a very good. Yeah. yeah so, that's a good, that's a good but, backup. But that's, that's, 
And that's what I would say. Now, is Carson Palmer a top 12 fantasy quarterback? Uh, actually, I've never really even considered it. I would say probably not. Um, and that's why he's a backup, because he, he didn't go. No team grabbed him as their starter. You know, and he, so I got him to back up Drew Brees. So at this point, I'm going to say, could Locker turn into a top 12 fantasy quarterback where you want him as your starter? Well, now that's a different conversation. In time, Tennessee looked, Tennessee looked pretty good. So you're right, Wizard Hunt. You, you made some valid points. I think it's early, though. I think right now I, I wouldn't put him. I, I mean, he's someone to keep an eye on. I agree with that. If he's, if he's on the waiver wire, you know, and you don't have a, a good backup, I'd grab him. But I wouldn't kill for him. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, move my yeah, own. I agree with that. Uh, next we have Alan Hearns. Wow. Um, this guy had the craziest first quarter maybe in fantasy football history. I mean, this guy's a rookie. Uh, he went undrafted from Miami. And he worked his way up the depth chart. I mean, he apparently was a training camp star. And right away against the Philadelphia Eagles in the first quarter, he had over 100 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, I mean, bona fide or bona front for Alan Hearns, will he be a top 30 receiver when it's all said and done? I think that's bona front to say that because you have to look at the quarterback. You see Chad Henney. Um, and that doesn't inspire too much confidence. Maybe if Blake Bortles comes in, which I expect him to come in, but then there's another layer to it. It's, you know, is Alan Hearns still going to be a starter when Cecil Shorts comes back? I don't know. For me, that's a lot of uh, – it's quite the uphill battle. But I do think that Alan Hearns could be beneficial to you if you feel weak at receiver. Maybe he does uh, end up being a pretty good guy, but, you know, someone who you should definitely stash on your bench, but I definitely would not count on him. He should not be in your lineup right away. Uh, so for me, Alan Hearns, top 30 receiver, uh, when it's all said and done, it, he, that's bona front. He's not going to make it there. Uh, T, what do you have? Bonafide or bona front for Alan Hearns? So I'm sure it made you excited, by the way, initially, as he was giving it to Philly. Oh, I was very excited. Absolutely, I was very excited. Um, but let me, let me say this. I agree with you. And I think this is where fantasy players um, can make a mistake without doing their homework. Um, you know, you, you grab a guy who had a good half and, you, and you, you let go of somebody who had a bad game. You let go of a Larry Fitzgerald. And I'm not saying I would do that, and I don't think any of us would do that. We're all smarter than that, but not everyone is that smart. And so, you know, or you bench a Larry Fitzgerald because he didn't have a, a, a great game, and you start an Alan Hearns based on one half. And, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> um, you know, no. I mean, you have to look at the quarterback. You have to look at the team. And, you know, you, you can't overreact. This would be a guy that I would just quick watch and keep an eye on. And if somebody else grabs him, oh, well, it's, it's, you can't, you, you know, it, 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 it. let me say I agree with you. He had a good half and certainly as a Cowboy fan got me excited, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, frankly, I'd, as a matter of fact, um, if you had asked me the name of the wide receiver that scored two touchdowns against Philly, I wouldn't even have known his name. You asked me on this show, Terry, what's his name, or Kamish, what's his name? I would say, I don't know, because I, don't, I have no reason to believe it's going to be a consistent thing. Now, we may come back in two or three weeks and be like, wow, this guy's <laughs> made it up. But right, right. now, I'm with, you, I'm with you 100% case start. Train, you feel the All same, right. or, or are you sitting? Train, do you feel the same, or are you sitting over there saying, oh, I'm glad they don't like him, I'm about to go get him? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not, man. I'm in a PPR league. Bonafront. 
wide receivers are a dime a dozen. <laughs> yeah, they really are. But hey, uh, hey, I think it's a really good point. You, I'm going to ask Casey, I'm asking you to do me a favor. When you go to the next one, do that one last. The quarterbacks, I really like that right. one. Go skip over that one and do do your running back and then do the quarterback because that's a really good one that, you, that you're picking there. So I think you do that one last. Okay. Sure thing. Um, and next we have my actual keeper in our league that I'm defending champion, Jamal Charles. Yeah, he had a very poor showing. Yeah, yeah. Jamal Charles, the man – JC himself, um, man, with, uh, let me tell you something. I've been hearing some crazy things from people lately. People are getting nervous about Jamal Charles. Um, and so the question I pose to everyone, if he's still a top five running back, will he be that at the end of the year? For, for me, that's the easy slam dunk, build a dunk, bona fide. Yeah, he absolutely will be. Um, people are really quick to panic. Like he was saying earlier, you may have someone who might pick up Alan Hearns and start him over Larry Fitzgerald. Well, in your league, you might have someone who is panicking in Jamal Charles. You may be able to, to just snipe it right up from their hands and, and try to get them in a trade. So for me, it's easy. Jamal Charles is one of the most talented running backs I've seen in quite a long time. He is tremendous. He's a slasher. Hell, he even gets the goal line running uh, uh, touches when he's a, little, he's a little guy. And you don't see that too often. And, again, he only had about eight touches that game, which is ridiculous, and it's totally on Andy Reid. And I guess an argument could be, oh, well, if Andy Reid, you know, does what Andy Reid sometimes does and doesn't feature him, uh, uh, the running back, then that can happen. But I, at this point, does Andy Reid really have any other op- options vi- that are viable in that office besides Jamal Charles? I don't think so. For me, it's very easy. Jamal Charles is still bona fide. Everyone needs to relax. He is the definition of bona fide. And I love him. Train. Relax with the man crush. Yeah, I like the way you put that little EFL champion in there. That, that was cute. <laughs> uh, either way, I will always consider Jamal Charles uh, bona fide. They have film on him, and it's not easy to stop this guy. So, you know, one bad game does not make the season. Um, they'll get it right at some point. So, bona fide. Yeah, yeah. People, it, it, this, this is exactly... Uh, case I hit it right on the head, what I was saying earlier, overreaction. That's bona fide, period. Um, you know, I am now, you know, maybe I'm rushing to judgment a little bit, but, um, you know, I defended Alex Smith last year, and I'm slowly coming off of that. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to give him a couple more games, but I'm slowly coming off of my position on Alex Smith from last year. But uh, Jamal Charles, yeah, I mean, he, he, any, he, you know, anybody, anybody, you, know, you have him in our league. In the other league, if y'all want to, you know, if you want to talk about a trade, holler at me. I'll grab him in a second. Um, yeah, guy, the guy's a monster. He's, he's going he's gonna to get your points. There's no doubt about it. I agree with you guys both. See, Alex Smith is in that same bucket with Jay Cutler. Somebody paid them, and I guess they thought that the they did, didn't have to play quarterback afterwards. Strange. Digress. Next. Yeah, I, I, you know what? To be honest with you, I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't think – I think Cutler's a better quarterback than Alex Smith. Um I, 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 you know, and we're going to talk quarterbacks in a second here, but I, I, Cutler gets compared to Romo a lot. And to me, they're both similar. They're both Brett Favre knockoffs. They're gunslingers. They take risks. And sometimes their risk backfires. But they have talents that I haven't really seen from Alex. Where I defended Alex Smith last year was because he won games. And yeah. 
people call him a game manager, and I'm like, okay, well, this game manager wins 80% of the games he starts, you know. So, um, you know, I, I, you know, give me that, give me that game manager that gets me to the playoffs, and you know, and, you know, I, I just I felt that it was unfair. But where I'm beginning to see people's points is the playmaker aspect that you need from a starting quarterback. With Alex Smith, I'm not sure it's there. Cutler has that. He will make a play. He may make a mistake, too, like Romo, but he'll make a play. And I don't have a problem with that. Romo is like that. Roethlisberger is like that. You know, we have quarterbacks in this league that will make a play down the fourth quarter, and, and I don't see that from Alex Smith. So that's my issue right now. But I'm willing to give him a few more weeks because overall the guy still wins games, even though they lost this one. Overall, he's still a winner, and they just signed him, gave him some money. So let's, let's, let's just see what he does. Anyway, K-Star wants to talk quarterbacks now. K-Star's got a good one right here. Boy, oh, boy. And these guys, these young quarterbacks, both went off this weekend, and they both have pretty high pedigree. They've been very, very good for, for a few years. And honestly, they both put up a show. I'm talking about Matthew Stafford and Matt Ryan, the Battle of the Mats. Both NFC QBs who uh, are, you know, the gen- field generals in high-octane offenses. Now, which one between the two is top five? Who is a bona fide top five quarterback at the end of the year? When it's all said and done, when the smoke has cleared, who between the two will be in the top five? And for me, it's Matthew Stafford. I Listen, Matt Ryan is very good. You're not, you're not going to go wrong with either one, first of all. So kudos to you if you have Matt Ryan or Matt Stafford. However, what I saw Matt from Matt Stafford last night wasn't something I've ever seen him uh, showcase ever before within his career. This guy was making plays with his feet and not running for yardage. No, I'm talking about creating outside the pocket. I'm talking about buying time to find Calvin Johnson down the field and just making plays, again, um, Within the outside the confines of the pocket, allowing his receivers to break free, and while it was against the Giants, uh, who we don't project to be very good, I just saw this new, controlled, more confident, you know, Matthew Stafford, and he has his weapons. He has a golden, he has Golden Tate, who uh, had a pretty good game, 97 yards, I believe six catches. Uh, you know, he has a tight end in Ebron, a rookie, and we all know who he has, the other receiver, Megatron, the best receiver in the world. Um, you know, Bush, Bell, the Buck. They both have weapons, Matt Ryan and Matthew Stafford. We already know who the characters are. But I think the biggest thing, again, that, that makes Matthew Stafford bona fide top five quarterback this year to me, again, is just the fact that he has taken his game to a new level. I haven't seen this before from him uh, and with those weapons. And with a new coach, I think Caldwell has done wonders. We've seen Caldwell do wonders before with a Joe Flacco when he had the greatest playoff run we've probably seen in quite some time. And – Let's be honest here. We've all seen Matt Stafford do before in the regular season, and that's exactly what fantasy football is. I like Matthew Stafford's top five quarterback in that offense. Matt Ryan is great, but, again, Matthew Stafford, to me, is bona fide top five. So you're saying Stafford's bona fide, Ryan's bona fide? Yes. Or are you saying they're both bona fide? They're both bona fide. I'll say as far as top five, I think Stafford makes it there. Matt Ryan does not. So Matthew Stafford, you know, bona fide in that situation. Okay. Trey? Hmm. Trying not to be biased here. Um, 
I'm going to uh, I'm going to take Matt Ryan. I'm going to take Matt Ryan simply because uh, I would like to see Matthew Stafford continue. He played against. I'm sorry. He played against the Giants. They're bad. They're really bad. And Matt Ryan played against his nemesis. And they went point for point. Actually had the lead. And uh, and they still pulled off the win. So I'm going to roll with Matt Ryan. He has his targets back. And as they call him, Matty Ice, I'm going to call him Bonafide for top five. Um, well, you know, the, the problem with the analysis is we're defining bona fide as top five. And as you look at the quarterbacks in the NFL, I mean, let's, let's talk this out for a second. Clearly, when you're talking fantasy, you know, you got to talk Peyton Manning over pretty much anybody as a quarterback. Um, I'm sorry. I've got it. you got to talk Drew Brees. He uh, did lose to Matt Ryan, but over the last five years, I'd say probably the only quarterback that might have more fantasy points than Drew Brees is Peyton Manning. Um, so you've got to talk Drew Brees. Um, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, granted, they played Seattle, so it is what it is, but is any, would anybody take either one of these guys over Aaron Rodgers? Tom Brady. Okay, granted, he had a horrible game. We're only talking one game. Are you telling me you take Matt Ryan or Matthew Stafford over Tom Brady? These are these four quarterbacks, the four horsemen is train calls them. They're also proven fantasy heavyweights, all four of them. You, you just, they're reliable, they're dependable. So if you, if you put those four as much takes, you only got one left. And with that last one, is it really going to be Stafford? Now, he's got Megatron, so you got to consider him. But And I had not liked Matthew Stafford up until this year. Now, Schwartz is gone. We'll, we'll give him a little more time. Ryan's got his targets back. Julio Jones is, is, is healthy. Roddy White is healthy. Um, you've got uh, Harry Douglas. So, you know, and, and they just took the Saints out. And that was a shootout. So I think they're both going to be bona fide, meaning if you don't have one of those super QBs, then you can consider them in the next tier for fantasy level, along with guys that generally do good, like, you know, Romo tends to rack up some fantasy points, and, um, geez, I don't know, Luck gets, gets you some points too. And, you know, so I would put them in that discussion. I just don't know that I'm ready to just say, you know, top five, hands down, you know, one of the top producers in fantasy football. I, I'm not ready for that yet. Off of one game, I'm not ready to give either one of them that. Um, if you have them, great. If you don't have them, depending on who you have, um, would you trade for them? I, I just don't know. I'd want to see more. Remember, Stafford's always been accused <coughs> of targeting Megatron too much. And granted, He's the best wide receiver out there, period. But what happens when he twists his ankle? Or what happens when they double him and, and, and you can't get him the ball? Is he, he's got Golden Tate now. He's got Reggie Bush, Bush coming out of the backfield. But is that going to be enough to produce the amount of fantasy points you want to win a game? I, I don't know. I don't know. 
So, but um, both had great games this past week. So it was a good, it was a good topic because uh, I, I was surprised. Well, I was more surprised over Matt Ryan, to be honest with you. I, I was beginning to put Matt Ryan in with the Matt Schaub, you know, but he clearly showed that he's still, he's still ready to play this game. So we will see. But we'll probably need a couple more weeks to really assess these guys. But going but, forward, who if you had if you had to make a choice, like all right, this is the situation. You have, have, you, you have Matthew Stafford, you have Matthew Ryan. Who do you want the rest of the way in your team? So in fan, as far as fantasy football goes, who would your answer be in that setting? Of the two, I yes, go with Ryan between the got, he, I go with Matt Ryan because he's got more targets. I mean, okay. as, as awesome as Megatron is, I will take Roddy White and Julio Jones over Megatron solo. Golden Tate, frankly, is inconsistent. He can play, but he's not an every week going to get you six, eight catches every week receiver. He's just not. So Megatron's going to get his, and then after that, who, who's left? Who's, who's, we know Roddy White and Julio Jones are going to get theirs. We know that. Those are two top receivers right there. So I'd go with Matt Ryan. Fair enough. All right, good stuff, K-Star, good stuff. Um, briefly checking the late-breaking news, uh, um, really the Ray Rice thing is is, uh, is dominating the news. There really isn't. Um, uh, and, you know, the other thing that they're talking about, and I don't know that I'm looking now to see if it's been decided, um, the whole HGH uh, testing um, agreement with the Players Association is supposed to be voted on today. And if it passed, then that could reinstate Josh Gordon, Wes Welker, uh, other players, Orlando Scandrick with the Cowboys. It could reinstate them very quickly um, because it would, it, would, it would be retroactive and it would redefine some of the recreational drugs and what was allowed. Um, and in exchange for that, the players would agree for human growth hormones to be tested. Um, and I, I don't see that. I'm looking now real quick, but it seems everything I'm looking at is Ray Rice, Ray Rice, Ray Rice. So um, we'll keep an eye on that and see if there's any any, uh, any outcomes on that. But um, everyone's really fascinated by the whole Ray Rice thing. So uh, we will see. Um, all right. I'm not sure where JB is. I kind of expected him to join us by now, but uh, maybe he got held up. So, JB, I hope everything is okay. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll catch you when we catch you. Um, let's, let's go with, and, and we haven't even gotten into talking about games yet, and we will do that uh, next. Um, I know that um, K-Star is going to actually talk about that in his segment. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, just so that everybody is, is on the same page, uh, Steelers uh, won but um, almost blew a big lead. Um, the Bears were upset by the Bills. And uh, the Cowboys were beaten by the 49ers, so you'll hear us discuss <coughs> discuss that. And uh, but for me, and I know we're going to do rants, but for me, the biggest shocker of the weekend for me was Miami coming back, being down 20 to 10, and coming back and beating uh, the Patriots 33 to 20. I didn't see that coming, like at all. And Tom Brady looking human, just. Not, not playing very well. I didn't see the game, and I am going to check it out before uh, Thursday. Um, I do have NFL Week Rewind, but from what I, from all accounts, Tom Brady just was was horrible, and um, that that was a shocker to me. 
you know, the AFC East because we all sat here and said, in a Patriots division, you know, let's just move on. And uh, it looks like the Dolphins have other plans, so uh, we'll see. But anyway, uh, let's move on. K-Star sound off, and uh, K-Star wants to talk about not taking your foot off the gas. K-Star? Man, I'm so tired of, of – this happens every year. It happens weeks uh, within every single Sunday in the NFL season where you'll have a team who is absolutely dominating, absolutely has their foot on the other team's necks, and they have to make a choice. And you can either keep going with it and completely just cut off the air, the circulation to the other team, or, you know, they can line up a little bit, maybe give them a little breathing room, a little wiggle room, and go on that route. Well, here's the problem about that. If you take your foot off the gas, if you lose that killer instinct, and in the second half, after a 27-3 lead, for instance, like my Steelers had, you, you give and inspire the other team confidence because they believe now that they have a chance. You actually lull them. You give them false revival, false confidence, and they're thinking that they can beat you because now here they are coming back. See, what, what happens with great teams? Are the great teams in the NFL are teams that know who they are and they stick to it. I mean, look at the Broncos last year. We can they were they were a pretty great team, as were the Seahawks. And those teams clearly had an identity. They didn't waver. They didn't try to get too cute, and they dominated their opponents because of it. However, the Broncos had a bit of identity crisis this past weekend against the Indianapolis Colts. We saw that first half when Peyton Manning was airing the ball out dominating the game, Julius Thomas especially. Um, and the Colts had no answers. They had literally no answers. They could not stop the Broncos whatsoever. And in the second half, Peyton Manning had 67 passing yards. And it was simply because they tried to establish a run. They, they force-fed Monte Ball a little bit too much. But they actually went outside their game plan as to what got them that, that huge lead to begin with. As did my Steelers. I witnessed it twice that weekend. It was ridiculous. My Steelers were absolutely dominating the Browns, as they should, 27-3 a half. And it was through a combination of, of letting Big Ben do Big Ben-like things, uh, running the no-huddle, beating Le'Veon, who had a great game, but also throwing the ball deep and throwing it early and often. And, you know, Marcus Wheaton and Le'Veon and Marcus Wheaton and Antonio Brown and the passing game make plays, whereas in the second half, the sense of urgency was completely gone. We are simply just running the ball, almost just passing time. And because of that, our drives were shorter, the Browns were able to get the ball, and they were able to score. Our defense became tired because they were having to be on the field a little more. And as it turned out, we almost lost the damn game. And guess what? The same thing happened in Denver. We almost blew the damn game themselves. Now, luckily, you know, both teams pulled it out the end, uh, but the reason why they pulled it out the end is because they had to be like, oh, sh- shit. Uh, oh, okay, well, now I guess we can play this game all over again, essentially. Uh, let's see what we got, got off that lead to begin with. Let's pass the ball. Let's stay within our offense. But I can't stand it, guys. And I see it all the time. I know you guys have probably seen it with your own team where you guys had a big lead at some point, and you guys just start, you know, deviating away from the game plan, doing some other things, trying to just run the clock out, play a conservative and as a result, the other team comes back. And, you know, we, we've seen many teams come back and win. And, again, we've seen near scares. And already week one we saw it again. And I ain't got time. I, I really hope that the Steelers will take something away from this past weekend um, by almost letting that game slip away and, and be like, hey, you know what, we had to play a full 60. And that's what football is. It's 60 minutes, not 45, not 30. And uh, it, from that's my biggest 
pet peeve, and um, I'm curious what you guys think. Trey? I don't know that I agree with you on the uh, – I didn't, I didn't see the Steelers-Browns game, but I don't know that I agree with you on the uh, Indy-Denver game. Um, Andrew Luck is known for if he don't get it right the first half, he has a switch that he turns on in the second half. And that's what I was expecting. That's exactly what he did. Uh, I saw their offense move the ball more, which allowed their defense to rest more, which allowed their defense to play a little bit better against uh, Denver's offense. In turn, you understand, when you have a lead, you've got to find a way to get some time off that clock. And the only way you can do that is by running the ball. Passing the ball stops the clock. So... I don't know if I agree. I don't. I don't necessarily agree with that whole with the uh, Indy and Denver scenario of them changing anything. I just thought Indy played a better second half than they did first half. Well, Denver did come out and say they went more into a pre-match D in the second half, and that that was a mistake. Um, so, I, I, offensively, I'm not really sure, but defensively, they did. They did. They did kind of. Um, yeah, they went more into into a prevent D. I saw that in a press conference. Um, but um, you know, there was a time where the Patriots, when Randy Moss played for them, and Patriots were averaging about you know they were they were kind of the Broncos like the Broncos were last year. We saw it with the Patriots. We saw it with the Broncos last year, um, and you get. You get people questioning, you know, like if you really need to keep, you know, halfway through the fourth fourth quarter, you're up by four touchdowns. Why are you still playing? Well, my whole my whole philosophy, and maybe it's because of my Madden days, or I don't know, but um, you do what you. I don't. If you win by four touchdowns, five touchdowns, then that's what you win by, and you play the game. Now, I will just to be clear, when the guy from Tampa Bay was doing some of the stuff he was doing uh, two seasons ago. I was against that. That was Now you're talking about risking injury. But if you're talking, you know, halfway through the fourth quarter or whatever, and you're up, you keep playing. You, you, you keep your foot on the gas. Um, but, but, but let me just back up for a minute on K-Star's point because, you know, I'm starting to wonder what's going on with your head coach. You know, there's just certain things that I'm not accustomed to seeing. You know, first we had the the, 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 the pot smoking incident with the two running backs and Tomlin's kind of, you know, well, they'll be dealt with, but, you know, you know, they, they, what I would have expected with Tomlin's reputation is, no, you know, there will be some in-house something, but there hasn't been anything in-house yet. There hasn't, um, which kind of surprised me a little bit. And now this is a Mike Tomlin Coach team, right? We will unleash holy hell. We will not go quietly. And you blow what twenty-seven to three lead. This is you, you the head coach. So what were you doing when, um, when um, the Browns were making their comeback? And this is the Browns we're talking about now. Okay, this isn't Andrew Luck. This isn't Peyton Manning. This is the Browns we're talking about. And I get it. My boys, to me, you know, as a starter and all that, blah blah blah. But what? So, you know, okay, so I'm starting to, and, and, and you, you know, as much as I hate the Steelers, I have been a pro Mike Tomlin guy. I have agreed with you on him. I've given him a, as, a, as a player's coach and just, a, you know, I've said it many times, I've taken him in Dallas in a second as a head coach. 
But this year, I'm, I'm, something's a little off there, man. They just keep an eye on him, man. Something's just a little off. You know, not disciplining your players, not in with that kind of like we expected, and now you got your team up by four touchdowns and you almost blow the game. I mean, I, I think we're seeing things we're not accustomed to seeing from Mike Tomlin because, you know, for the first time, he's uh, he's had back-to-back seasons in which the Steelers missed the playoffs, so maybe he's feeling a little pressure. Maybe he does that. Having him act a little off character. Um, you know, by the end of the day, the Steelers did win, and they looked great in the first half, but, uh, you know, there's still definitely a lot of uh, – We'll have games to play, so we'll see how he coaches. We'll see how what the Steelers' mindset is. Hopefully, again, they, they take away something from this and learn from it. But as far as the suspensions go, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll just put it like this. I can see why he didn't want to suspend Le'Veon Bell. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It was terrific. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all so, I mean, I mean, well, the one I mean, thing I would like to say is as long as Le'Veon Bell and Blount are playing, it's very distasteful. And with every game that they play, I'm losing. With every snap that they're on the field, I'm losing more and more respect for Mike Tomlin. Agreed. Because it's really... What would you like? Huh? What do you think the Steelers should do? They need to be suspended for a game or something. They're playing. Basically, nothing has happened. It's like the incident didn't even take occur. We're going to handle it in-house. When? When? Well, it's possible they can find already if it hasn't been released to the public. Um, apparently that's an option or something they had discussed. Are they waiting on some kind of investigation from the police? Is there something that we don't know that they're waiting for? But for them to, to constantly play them and not even suspend them, even when the season starts, man, it's just, it's just distasteful. It doesn't – you. That's, to me, that shows – a lack of discipline on your behalf as a coach. How can you uphold discipline when you don't discipline your players? It's a game. It's a game or two. Come on, you got to have some kind of integrity for the team. I, I think at the end of the day, we, we don't know what's happened. We don't know what's transpired between in, within the Steelers' brass. I mean, because as much as well, you like to say on. that the coach, no, no, hold on, wait. This is the Steelers. Typically, they handle these 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 incidents. Um, if not the coach, um, then the owners. We, we the know owners that we know, and the Rooney, know that the these guys are still do. playing football. We know that these guys have not missed a down or um, slapping them on the wrist with twenty five thousand dollar in house penalty. You know, which is probably not even a week's game pay for these guys is insufficient. These guys. We know that they haven't missed a down, even one of them, okay? So whatever might have been done through your theory ain't enough. You know, you have the ability through the personal conduct policy of your team to discipline. You don't have to wait for the NFL. You don't have to wait for law enforcement. You can, based on your own personal conduct policy, say, hey, you're arrested for smoking weed. Let's talk about it, (laughs) you know? Okay, based well, on this conversation and based on the police report, here's what we're going to do. We're going to suspend you for two games. And don't do it again. Uh, I think that? some of it actually may have to do – I think actually some of this might have to do with the NFL revoting or reconfiguring the NFL drug substance policy. That could have some bearing on it. I mean, okay. I believe there's – 
full, full, I'm just full. saying that they might just be waiting to see what's going on with that because it. But right now, K-Star, I need you to take your Steeler hat off. I need you to look at this as two players who got caught doing something they should not have been doing while they're preparing for the football season. We all know, I may not understand physically, but I just I have an imagination of how long it takes. I mean, how tough it is to get to an entire football season. Here you are preparing your team and your top two running backs out here smoking weed in preparation for the season. And there's no discipline done about that yet. Take your stealer hat off and just look at it from that point. It could be it could be any team. And well, hold on. There's other teams that are, are like Ray McDonald's playing in San Francisco still, who has a domestic violence case hanging over his head. But I well, I'll put it like this. So it's hard for me to take my Steelers hat off because typically, and this is what makes it so odd because this is totally out of character. But this isn't about Mike Tomlin. It is out of character for the Steelers brass to not do something about this. I mean, they they completely tra- they traded away Antonio Holmes for you know a marijuana incident a couple of years ago. You know, they completely got rid of players for for this type of thing before. They released Chris Rainey last year or a couple of years ago, a fourth round pick for something similar to this. So I, I think it's also odd because this is what the Steelers do handle these type of things. And they don't usually, you know, take these lightly. So I don't really know what's going on. I don't really have an answer for it. Um, it definitely is odd, and I definitely can understand. And let, and let's I just clarify. This is very, very let's odd. Clarify. I don't understand let's, clar- let's clarify. You brought up Ray McDonald. Ray McDonald has proclaimed innocence and said the truth will come out. Your two running backs have not said they did not. They have, they have not proclaimed innocence. Ray McDonald has said he was innocent and that the truth will come out. Okay, so... It's not the same situation, not even close. And you're right. Your team has a history of handling things a certain way. But Shane's right. Forget about it. Look at it objectively. If it was the Cowboys, if it was the Bears, I can hear you right now saying, why are these guys still on the field? (laughs) Because it's the Steelers, you're well, you know, we don't know. No, we do know because they're still playing football. And I agree with Shane. It is is taking away what I think – it's been a, a great run by your head coach, and it's starting to, to me, it's thinking in a bit here. And I think the good news for him is there's been other things taken front front page. But it's going to come back mm-hmm. up. Let's go to the phones. I actually got a call. Hold on here. We have a call. 717 area code. Welcome to the Madden Voice. Hey, gentlemen. I'm actually in Pittsburgh. This is Mike. Um, not a Steelers fan, though. But I want to talk about something. Um, the two marijuana incidents, the Ray Rice um, video. Does anybody forget what Ben Roethlisberger did a few years ago? Now, if you really research what he did to the two women, what he did, I'm going to argue, is anything worse than I saw in the last five years. Now, there's no video of what he did like Ray Rice. But if you delve into the story, the details of what Roethlisberger did, it's absolutely atrocious. He should be sitting in jail, not out there with two Super Bowls playing for the Steelers. Now, here's the thing about Ray Rice. If he was in his prime like five years ago, I think he would sit out this year and someone would pick him up. But he's, he's kind of tailing off anyway. If it was Flacco or Roethlisberger, you better believe me, some team would put their morals aside and pick them up pretty darn quick. But I just wanted to chime in. I am from Pittsburgh. I followed the Roethlisberger 
case very closely, and people were outraged mm-hmm. for about six months. And then very quietly, when he started playing good and won a Super Bowl, you didn't hear anything at all. Um, yes, what Ray Rice did was, was atrocious. We saw it on video. But um, I, I would argue raping somebody is worse than hitting somebody. I'd like your thoughts. Well, first of all, this never, ever, 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 ever was – there was never charges brought on Big Ben. This is all here. matter. I don't alleged. care about the charges. I, I know what I know. It matters. But it matters. Read, 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 read I have, the details. Trust me, I have read. I have read the details. But you have to remember, these details being provided are from the accusers. So it happened three times. So not once, no, but three uh, no, no, no. times. Three times. Don't you think three times is more than a coincidence? Some someone's lying. I could see if it's one time a person says it, but three times there's, you're telling me that you believe Roethlisberger, sir. There's one case. There's one that didn't have a case. And I'm not sure about the third incident you're bringing up. One was a civil. Hold on, and I want you, this is a big this is a big deal here. The first one was a civil case that wanted to be handled through. Not, not by the police, but, again, uh, basically through a money settlement. It wasn't someone seeking justice. It was a woman seeking money. And, by the way, didn't win. Secondly, there was no char- – and there was never a charge ever brought on Ben Roethlisberger. So as atrocious as the details you uh, outlined that they, they are, that apparently there was no legitimacy to them because there was nothing um, attaching Big Ben to it. There was no physical evidence. There was not enough proof. And if you don't think that matters, and I'm not sure what to tell you, comparing Ray Rice to Big Ben is a joke to me because Ray Rice, there is proof. And guess what? You know, initially he was charged. And they were dropped because of, you know, his wife now. But they were there. And, again, I think with Big Ben, it's, it's, it, you're, you're heading down a slippery slope because there was never anything that said you know, definitively that he did it. And not even a little bit, not even enough to press a charge against him. I mean, does that not also tell you something? Uh, I mean, it, come on. He wasn't ever arrested or a single charge, and again, you, if you, these details are as bad as you say they are, well, then how come the charges were never were pressed on? Go look at the details. I mean, all this. I have. I have. But they don't hold any merit. Are you a Steelers fan? Enough. Are you a yes. Steelers fan? Okay, yes. That's the, okay. Then, then, you're, then, you, then you have your, your Steelers goggles on right now. I don't have any goggles on, but I know that you have no facts because if you did and the, the, there was physical evidence or was anything to prove what you were saying, Big Ben would have been charged. And if anything, Big Ben got away with what Ray Rice did. You see, Big Ben was never charged. There was nothing attached him to it, and he got four games. Ray Rice got two. So if anything, Big Ben is actually the one who had more of an issue uh, with Roger Goodell than Ray Rice initially should have. Well, let me, should let me, be sitting in jail. He should be sitting let in jail. Let me jail jump in here real quick. Let me, let me jump in. K-Star does tend to have his uh, Steelers goggles on, but I will say this. That there, there is, you know, NFL players do get targeted regularly. We don't even hear about the number of false claims that happens to pro athletes from women that are trying to extort them for money. So, so keep that in mind. I'm not saying that this was the case. But it is relevant that if there were three alleged rape victims, that there's no physical evidence, no, nothing to corroborate their story other than their story. Three times? Like you said, sir. One time? Okay. Two times? You got my attention. Three times, though? So we had three people that alleged that Ben did some heinous things to them. 
with no evidence, with nothing to go to law enforcement, where law enforcement saw proof of something that would make it a criminal act and, and file charges. That's relevant. I'm not saying Ben didn't do it. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a Steelers fan. But I'm saying the fact that it never got, because we know that these guys will get arrested. <laughs> There's no problem with that happening. So why didn't they, if this was so heinous and so reprehensible, and the details, I haven't read the details. Maybe I did a few years ago and just forgot. I don't know. But then why, why were there um, charges filed? Why didn't, you know, why well, didn't I'll, that? I'll put it to you like this. Michael Vick in jail? Michael Vick went to jail for um, killing dogs. Um, what's his name? Tyco I mean, Boris went to jail for shooting himself and, and, having, and not having a, a gun permit. Obviously, when, when, when I did my research on the Roethlisberger situation, obviously, to start off the situation, the girls were into him because of his fame, his money, being quarterback of the Steelers. But there shouldn't be a point where if they say no, that means he can go ahead and do what he wants because, first of all, they, they showed some interest in him because of that. Um, that's why I want you to delve back into it and, and research the stories because, um, like you said, once, twice, three times, you know, you know, the, obviously the girl, the girls probably had some issues or were fame seekers, but obviously Roethlisberger, from my point of view, um, took advantage of that, even though what you think, um, secondly, guys, then, they, could, it, could it be that they, tried to get money out of Roethlisberger, and he said, wait a minute, this ain't that kind of party. And then they said, well, if you don't, I'm going to scream rape. Three times? You're telling me? Absolutely. Don't you see that? I, I don't know. Guys, my, I, second, I, point, and, and then my, my second point, and then, then I'll go here. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, RG3, world-class speed why are they taking the read option away from him? Basically, they're turning him into an average quarterback. Um, I realize Mike Shanahan, his first year in the league, probably ran the read option a little bit too much. But let me tell you, the people in Washington are getting very antsy right now, and they're looking for a reason to put Kirk Cousins in there. Um, they play Jacksonville this week, and I would make the argument that this game is even bigger than the Seattle playoff game for RG3 because the critics are out, and it almost seems strange that they won't let him run. You know, I realize his injury passed, but this guy is world-class speed. When they ran that read option, it basically caught the league by storm, and they were moving the ball at will. So I'd like your opinion on the read option with don't run it if it makes RG3 just an average quarterback, if average at all. Uh, um, I'll, 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 uh, let me hop in on that one. Um, as, uh, as far as whether Mike Shanahan cared about RG3 or whatnot, I really don't care. But what I did see was him be productive in that offense when he was healthy. And I felt like his injuries wasn't because of the offense. It was because of RG3 not making the right decision when he did get out in the open to run to go down, to slide, to get out of bounds because they they couldn't defend his him running the ball and passing the ball with the way he was doing in that offense. So I always agree that that offense catered to his skills. And without that, he does look average. 
you know, let me let me say this, and I've said this many times. They didn't draft Kirk Cousins to sit on the bench. I said it from the beginning before RG three took a snap. I said, why are they drafting? You got a Heisman Trophy number two pick, and then you went into the fourth round and got a quarterback. Well, yeah, it's coming to fruition now. RG3 is not a pocket quarterback. They're trying to make him a pocket quarterback, period. It's not going to work. Yes, the reason is because he got hurt. <laughs> That's why. Because he's only, what, uh, 5'11 and, you know, 200 pounds at best? He's not a big quarterback. He can't take the hits. He doesn't know when to run out of bounds. He doesn't know when to slide. He tries to get the extra yard. The read option that he ran two years ago was very effective, but he got hurt. So what is the response? Let's make him a, a pocket quarterback. That's what Shanahan tried to do. That's what Jay Gruden is trying to do. It's not going to work, period. And, and the caller is absolutely right. They are beginning to rumble in D.C., and if this continues, you will see a quarterback change. Book it. As far as RG3 goes, I think there's more about RG3 not wanting to run the option. I, listen, and this is purely speculatory, but I, I, with the whole RG3 Shannon thing, there was so much bad blood, so much talk between them, and he almost blamed them for stunning his growth as a quarterback because of the read option. And I think RG3 wants to be known as and see more as a pocket passer. And I think a lot of it, honestly, may be the resistance of RG3 wanting to run his own read. Um, there actually were a few plays in which the Redskins uh, called read option. But in each, in each play, RG3 literally made no effort to act as if he was going to be the ball carrier. You know, he just handed it off. It was a big sell by him. So I, I actually think RG3 Breaking up again. Hey, Star, you're you're breaking up again, brother. Um, Gentlemen, right. thank you for the time. Thank you for the time. No problem. Be- All right, thank Appreciate you. The call. All right. Good call. Good call. Um, all right. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more about RG3 during my my segment. Let's go to. Uh, Let's go to Dr. Train and your segment on developing your players. Dr. Train. And before I, before I get started, I just was like, still a goggles? Classic. I love that. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, my segment, man, you know, it, it kind of stems off seeing my boy Devin Hester, but he's not the only player I've seen this done. and He's not the only player uh, from the Bears or from any team that I've seen this done. But my thing is, as a coach, when you draft a player, you know, everyone's not going to stay in their prime forever. And what Devin Hester did when he came in the league was, man, unprecedented at the time. And it still, it still holds, I think it's like still tied for the record. At any point, he could break it. But at some point, you know, as your players get older, you, gotta, you, gotta, you still got to know how to use them. You still got to know how to develop them. You still got to know how to put them in your offense, your defense, your special teams, whatever. And teams like Chicago are dropping the ball on that. And then the players leave, and they go to another team. In his first week, five receptions, 99 yards. Now, I'm not saying Devin Hester is going to do that every week, but I believe the reason why he's able to do it is because you have 
Julio Jones on one side, Roddy White on the other side. So who's the defense going to cover? Those two. Devin Hester is matched up one-on-one with what? A third or fourth-string cornerback every single time. So I'm thinking in Chicago just a year ago, Brandon Marshall on one side, Alshon Jeffries on the other, Trust me, you couldn't find a way to use Devin Hester on offense. You had to, like, come in with this hard-nosed special teams only. That doesn't even make football sense. But yet another team takes a player who I felt like should have retired a Chicago Bear, and they're able to just use him in their offense. Whatever little production they're getting from, they're, they're able to do it. I've seen Cedric Benson leave Chicago. He goes to Cincinnati, and he has a few good years there. I've seen other players just leave Chicago, and they go and they have a few good years. And at this point, I need Chicago to draft draft players. And this is the same goes for any other team. Draft a player. Figure out how to get how to get them to work in your system. Develop your player because if you don't, someone else will, and they'll reap the benefit of their player's talent. You know, my only comment on that, we in case starts back with us, my only comment on that is how many years did uh, Hester play in Chicago? Oh man, uh, if he, it's either eight or eight, eight or nine years. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I hear what you're saying, but I, I mean, you got your money's worth out of him. You know, he he set records on, uh, you know, as a, Greek. As, a, as, a, as a returner, and to now say after all those years because he had one good game in Atlanta. Um, you know, why didn't, why didn't Chicago do that? I mean, let's see how the season plays out. Um, I, 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 I wouldn't have a problem with a team letting that go, you know, um, it's time. <laughs> it's, you, but you know what I mean? I mean oh, good. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I mean, I mean, you know, guys, what is he 30 years old now? I mean, you know, guys getting up in age and it's time to get some younger talent in there. You, you know, you got a new coach, you've got a Brandon Marshall, yeah. Big money, Alshon Jeffries now. He's one that your team has developed because he's come up out of nowhere. Now he's he's the man. He's he's a top top tier. You know I don't know where you know where we put him top twenty, top ten. I don't know, but he's a top level wide receiver. You know what I mean? You got Matt Forte. I mean, you you only got one football. (laughs) You know what I mean? And um, but you could never have enough. Would it have cost you? How much money would it have cost you to keep? That was another issue. It definitely would have cost Chicago money. But this is kind of, I mean, my, my argument is, is actually in retro of the, uh, of the Lovey Smith uh, regimen because they should have done the same thing with Hester when they tried to convert him to wide receiver, when they did convert him to wide receiver. He should have never been a top one or two target. He should have always been a slot man. Because if he would have always had an advantage matchup on speed, as long as he was in the slot, but Chicago, but the the, the GM then never would go out and get raw receivers. If Phil Emery he came in, that's exactly what he did. He went out, he got big targets. Devin Hester could have fit perfectly, in my but if opinion, you Jake with Cutler these targets. And Devin Hester would. Have, I never saw that chemistry with them. I never saw that timing with them. It just. Hester on your team was he was a deep threat, and every once in a while you guys would hit pay dirt, but he was a return guy. I mean that was you know what I mean that was his role. You know 
number three receiver. You know, you, you know he had that that you know four two forty speed, so you know he can get deep. But I never saw him. I never saw Cutler really develop that kind of on field rapport like he developed with Brandon Marshall. You know, like he ultimately developed with um, Alshon Jeffrey. Like he's now developed with Martellus Bennett. A report. I, I believe that, Romo and I believe never really developed. I believe that came with a talent gap. I believe because Devin Hester was in, but because he was pushed up there to number one, not the kind of receiver that uh, Cutlers used to throw into. And no, they never did develop. I won't. I won't disagree with that at all. They they didn't. But I think just the way it happened is the reason why we weren't able to use them. Gotcha. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, I'm going to do my segment. But before I do my segment, I'll remind everybody you can call in 347-838-9525, 347-838-9525. Me, Commissioner T, K-Star, and Dr. Train, hosting the Madden Voice. Uh, JB is not with us currently. He might join us before we go off the air, but currently not with us. And I just got a text, and my mom is listening in. So, uh, hi, Mom. Glad you're listening in. And hey, Mom. I'm going to do my segment. <laughs> Excuse me. Hey, TJB, that's okay. You can call him on. That's okay. Um, so my segment <laughs> is a short one, but, you know, everybody saw, everybody, it was a nationally televised game Sunday between the Cowboys and the uh, 49ers, and Romo was horrible. I mean, there's just no way. I've defended Romo many of time. I, I have, um, you know, we've had many colorful discussions about Tony Romo. I, I definitely have different feelings than most on his late game uh, heroics or lack of. I think that people uh, uh, have been too hard on his late game performances. And, um, you know, you only look at the ones that he may have had some parts in, you know, let's take the Denver game last year where he threw a late interception. But the guy threw for over 500 yards and 48 points. And yet, you know, it, it's, it's his fault that they lost 51 to 48 to Peyton Manning. And no one's talking, well, why the defense gave up 51 points. In the NFL, if you score 48 points and your quarterback throws five touchdowns for 500 yards, you should win the game. <laughs> it should never come down to a late touchdown, period, end of discussion. But, no, everybody come out and say, there you go. Just wait for Tony Romo. And, uh, you know, and I defend him. I can't defend him on Sunday. I can't defend him. Um, he was horrible. I don't know what was wrong with him. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if his back's bothering him. He said it's not back. I don't know if he didn't get enough snaps and he's just rusty. Um, I'm leaning towards rust because he didn't play a lot in preseason because he's coming off of back surgery. So I'm leaning towards rust, even though people are saying, well, he's been playing in the league for eight, nine years. He should be able to just, as a starter, so he should be able to just go out there. No, it don't work that way. Um, you, you, you know, you, you need to go out there and, and, um, and, and practice this. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. Practice, man. I mean, how silly is that? Yeah, we are talking about practice. That's what he needs. And I'm hoping as the weeks go on, we see the old Tony Romo. And I believe we will see the old Tony Romo. But I actually wanted to thank Eli Manning and RG3. Because as abysmal as Tony Romo played, and he was, he was bad. I mean, not even just the interceptions. They were horrible, but the misreads and it, it just, it just, it was the worst game I've seen Romo play, hands down, not even close. And I've seen every one of Romo's starts from the time he was brought in in the second half to replace Drew Bledsoe by Bill Parcells. I've seen every game that Romo has started. This was the worst game he has played. Period. 
But thank you, Eli. Thank you, RG3. Because to me, even though on paper RG3 had better numbers, to me, you guys played worse games than Tony Romo. To me. Um, if you saw the game last night, Eli was horrible. The Giants are horrible. And Eli was horrible. You know, can, can we stop because Eli has two Super Bowl wins and Peyton has one, making it seem like Eli is, is on Peyton's level? Can we just dismiss that completely? Eli won two Super Bowls because he had two dominant defenses. And he was, even though he was Super Bowl MVP, but that's just how it works. <laughs> Offensive players pretty much always win MVP. A couple times defense play one, but for the most part, quarterback throws a couple touchdown passes, he's going to get in there. Okay, so yes, but was it because of Eli Manning that they even made it to the Super Bowl? No, it was the defense. It was the dominant defense in 2007 and 2011. And I know because that team's in my division, and I'm telling you, they don't have dominant defense anymore. Most of those guys are gone. Strahan and Kiwanuka and Tuck, all those guys are gone. And the defense is looking pretty ratty. And Eli is not Peyton, so let's just stop that altogether. He's not a top five NFL quarterback. He's he's not very good right now. Thank you. And RG3, we just talked about. They're trying to make him be a pocket passer, and he shouldn't be a, po- a pocket passer. Um, he should be running the read option. He should be scrambling. He should be using, as the caller said, his world-class speed. And instead of trying to get 12 years out of him, you may get six. You may get seven. But you're going to have a better chance of making playoffs. You're going to have a better chance of getting the Super Bowl in Washington. But right now, you're going, to have a, you're going to have a quarterback controversy in a week, two, or three. And the beauty of it is I have all the faith in the world that Romo will return to Romo Forma. Some of you out there is probably saying, oh, great. No, I mean the guy who's in the top three all-time passer rating, the guy who has um, – the second most fourth-quarter comeback since 2011, only behind Andrew Luck. The guy has the number one fourth-quarter QBR of all time. You know, the guy who last year threw for 31 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Oh, yeah, he did that the year before, too. I believe firmly that if Romo is the Cowboys' problem, he'll fix that. They'll take care of that. I am blessed that the defense played out of its mind. They didn't play great, but for what they had on the field, I'm okay with what, what happened. He shut out 49ers in the second half. Shut them out. You can say that maybe they took the foot off the gas a little bit. Maybe. I don't have a problem with that, with that uh, summary. But they shut them out in the second half. 49ers didn't even get a field goal. 28-3 at half, 28-17 end of the game. So Dallas got to give Dallas defense a little bit of credit there. And, oh, yeah, um, you know, four turnovers, three of them produced 21 points. So Romo played even a fraction like what we saw last year before he got hurt. Much more competitive game. Does Dallas win? I don't know, but it, it doesn't feel as lopsided as it felt on Sunday. So if the defense plays like it's supposed to play, I mean like it played on Sunday, keep that up, and Romo plays like he's supposed to play, Cowboys going to be in the mix here in the NFC East because they have no expectation for the Giants. And frankly at this point, I don't really see the Redskins improving. I don't see it. I could be wrong. We'll, we'll do it. The team to watch is going to be the Eagles. And even the Eagles had a horrible first half. Now, they turned it around the second half, got the thing together, 34 straight points, and they won their game. 
So, you know, good for them. But I think we're going to see this season, it's going to be like last year, Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys, Eagles. If Romo gets back to form, which I believe he will. So thank you, Eli Manning. Thank you, RG3, for taking the focus off of Tony Romo. I appreciate that. All right. Um, just got a text from JB. Uh, JB is listening, so what up, Jay? Um, he's not going to join us because uh, wherever he is, it's kind of loud. Um, uh, he's driving, and it's really loud, so he just he's letting everybody know that he's there, he's listening, but um, it's just too loud, and he doesn't want to you know, ruin the, the flow of the show. So we appreciate that, JB, and uh, we will certainly make sure that we get you on next week to do uh, your segment and be a part of the show, but at least he's listening in. So, all right. Uh, Dr. Train, can you reveal the results? I think they, I think they were rigged, but um, yeah. <laughs> just one thing I wanted to point out about your, your Cowboys tee in the game, because I had this conversation just before we did the show with a friend of mine, and there was one thing that the Cowboys did well that I think went missed in everything I, had, uh, I saw. They ran the ball really well against San Francisco yep. and had Tony Romo on it. Not have had those as many of those turnovers. Half is decent. I'm not saying they would have won. Not saying that at all. I'm just saying that would have been a different game because they were able to run the ball at will with both Five running backs. Yards I just married with both running backs. That offensive line looks really good. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yes. And, 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 and honestly, I mean, if anybody thinks that Romo, that this is the Romo that they're going to see for the rest of the year, I mean, come on. Uh, unless it's a back issue that he's not sharing with us, which I don't think it is, um, Romo's going to get back into Romo shape. He's going to be okay. Um, they run the ball like that, and, they, you know, I, 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 I was very encouraged, big picture-wise, it was just the turnovers. The turnovers were just unforgivable. It was horrible. It was horrible. There's no defending it. He, he, couldn't, he was not seeing the field. He was making bad decisions, horrible decisions. I actually haven't seen. I haven't really. That's probably one of the worst games I've ever seen from him. I haven't. I mean, he gets a lot of flack, but he yeah, played pretty well for most of the game. And you know, he's making bonehead throws and reads and just stuff that you weren't. You know, I really think he has still his goggles on. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, like that one. Steelers goggles. I like that one. Well, you know, oh, I think one of the reasons that people aren't giving DeMarco Murray enough credit is because his first carry of the game, he fumbles the ball and it is a touchdown. And even though he came on, you know, 22 carries, 118 yards um, and a touchdown, um, you know, it, 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 it's, you can't do that. Your first carry of the game, your first carry of the year, and you fumble it, and they pick it up and score a touchdown. It, it, mm-hmm. it, you can't, you know, and it's hard. No matter how well they the tone, didn't it? Game, it's hard to forget that. What's that? So it sure did set the tone, didn't it? Not necessarily from the run really game, did. but just from the momentum standpoint. Well, right, and 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 you can't and you can't do that. I mean, you literally can't do yeah. that. And I do want to make one other quick comment. I mean, my brother wanted to talk about the lack of a home field advantage because there were a lot of San Francisco 49ers jerseys, and I I did some research on this, and I don't know if JB knows this or not. Uh, apparently. Um, Cowboy fans were selling their tickets to 49er fans. And they were getting more than two times face value for those tickets. So if you had a $100 seat, you were getting somewhere around $215. So 
So that's why so many got sold because they were making a killing. And I there's no wanna, excuse for that. Know. Get out of here. Well, that, Stop well, it. Well, well, that's, no, that's, no, that was that's embarrassing. True. That was I'm embarrassing. Wait, can I finish? Uh, I don't know to finish. Make my point. Can I, can, I, can, I, can I finish my point? I'm, okay. I'm disappointed. I, I just like I just like to finish my point. Um, so now that I know why there were so many 49er fans, I'd like to reach out to the Cowboy fans and say, don't do that. <laughs> um, you know, there's a reason why there's 80,000 seats. There's a reason why there's 105,000 capacity is that it is to give a home field advantage, not for you guys to have your season tickets and then go around and sell them to the other team. I don't know what the hell y'all thinking, but we need that to be a sea of blue and silver, not red and gold. That's embarrassing. Now, that, that is embarrassing. We don't need other teams coming in there and taking over. We need the Cowboy fans. The other thing I'll say is Cowboys got to play better, too, though. <laughs> you know, you want, your, you want your fans showing up on Sunday, you got to play better. You know, simple as that. <laughs> All right. I can't I, I um, believe what I saw. I just was like, wow, seriously? Like, they literally evaded your stadium. was the thing. Hmm. All right, Trey, pick six. Uh, I, think the, I think the results are fixed, but go ahead and, uh, and uh, share them. All I know is somebody talked about being on top of the pick six. I don't know who knew what that was about. But uh, pick six results after week one. Uh, starting at the bottom of the pile, you know, we got to move the dirt off of them so we can see them. Little big brother Jay at three and three. K-Star and Commish T comes in tied at 4-2. and two. And who's on top? It's only by one win, of course, but it's yours truly, Dr. Train at 5-1. and one. You know what it sounds like to me? It sounds like to me this is... Can't get no crown noise? A little bit. This is the kind of guy, <laughs> this is the kind of guy you are, Train. You go over this side That's all you get. Go ahead, Casey. No, no, we shouldn't <laughs> applaud him. He, you know what? You know why we shouldn't applaud him? Because he's getting too excited too soon. This is, uh, this is, you know, a marathon. It's not just a little sprint. We're not doing wind sprints. It's a long season, and you should know more than anyone that you don't, you know, crown someone after one week. So you can, you can be happy. You know, you can, you can live it up. I just want you to know, man, that you sound like a guy who. You know, blowing your load after one week. You know, are you are you the same kind of fancy owner then that would, you know, crown yourself after one week after one good showing from a player? I mean, this seems a little premature, Sorry. man. I'm just saying. Okay, star. I'm I'm just gonna give you a lesson from T. I deal in facts. I'm at the top. Push. <laughs> uh, oh man. Sorry. I'm at you the know, top. I was re- I was ready to come on here and really be upset that I lost my fantasy football game to Dr. Train. My fourteen oh, of a man. point until I saw that Memphis lost to Pimmer by eight one hundredths of a point, and then I realized, okay, I guess I won't be mad because I lost by a bigger margin than that. Um, I was in a very uncomfortable position last night because <laughs> I had Keenan Allen in another league and needed points, and you had Keenan Allen with Philip Rivers playing against me. And I needed Keenan Allen to get a certain amount of points for me to win the other game, but not get too many for me to lose the game to you. And the margin was the margin was like it was like a two point margin. Like if he oh, wins wow. within two points, I could win both games. He got two point four points at over. So I won the other game, 
<laughs> but I lost it. <laughs> and it was that. And, and I, you know, it was I, when I saw that, when I looked at that last night, I said, I'm not going to win both these games. It's, it's not going to happen. And uh, it's not, that's one thing about fantasy football when you're multiple leagues that really sucks when you draft a player in one league and now you're playing against that same player in another league and you need him to do well, but you don't need him to kick your butt in the other uh-huh. league. And it's like, what the hell? And I faced that uh, last night. So congratulations, yeah, Train. You, that, that, you, you squeaked out your victory. Let me tell you, I'll tell you how pathetic I was last night. I was so pathetic that, one, I forgot which team I picked to win the game. But, two, I was like, I hope the Cardinals score on this drive because I just need Phil Rivers to throw the ball. I didn't care whether the Chargers won or not. I just wanted the Cardinals to score so the Phil Rivers would throw the ball. Because Patrick Peterson was shutting Keenan Allen down. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, he was. Yeah. Well, that's you know, a, and, that's and, a fancy football conundrum. That's what happens to everyone. It's terrible. The only thing that you can really do, I guess, in those type of situations is just if you're in multiple leagues, maybe you have a player that you like a lot and you get him in both leagues, you know, or, or maybe multiple ones to try to avoid it. But, yeah, that's always the worst when you're, you're, you're conflicted watching the game because you know that, you know, it could go either way and you'll be bittersweet. It's only a bittersweet result at the end. Sorry. Well, you know, for me, for me and, and you know, just – my position, and not necessarily a strategy, but just the first game to me is really not that important. If I can get a win, I, I get a win. If I don't, I don't. I don't stretch game one because I don't know what I'm up against. I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, we, we have our thoughts. We think, you know, you know, Adrian Peterson and, and uh, Megatron and Breeze, all these guys are going to be mega stars and get us a lot of points. Um, but we don't know. You know, Fitzgerald had a, had a bad game or a quiet game, not bad game, but a quiet game. Brady had a bad game. You know, guys that have gotten – so you really need that first game to then say, okay, right, now i got at least a feel for – because you know, we, I'm sure we – you know, K-Star, you lost. I'm sure, you know, you look at your bench, and, you know, I had Chris Ivory on my bench, and I had a pretty good game for the Jets. But who would have fucking – I didn't think he would have. I didn't know. So, you know, you, 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 to me, that first game is just to kind of get your feet yeah. wet. And um, you got 13, pretty much 13 games before the playoffs. So and that first game is kind of just test things out. See what I, agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And then, and then to me, it starts week two. Yeah, I, I agree. Because, I mean, part of it, though, is NFL players are actually getting accustomed to, you know, the schemes of the winning finally in real time and what matters. So there's some adjustments there. But, I mean, yeah, like you said, I lost my first game. But, I mean, I don't really think too much of it. Like, I'm not at all concerned. I feel really good. Uh, and, yeah, Fitzgerald killed me. He had, like, I think three points. I needed about ten to win. So I was definitely disappointing. But, like you said, I mean, it's just sweet one, like, whatever. Yeah, and that's, and that's my thought, too. Um, you know, and, and, you know, when you're a defending champion and runner-up, both lose in the first week, and neither one of us worried, I should tell you that, you know, it's going to be a long, good season. And uh, I, I expect that's to exactly what I, I'm okay with my team. Yeah, I, I expect to be relevant. Um, so, all right, um, let's let's go into um, our picks. And I know JB is listening. So, JB, you, you do have the agenda. If you could just email Doctor Train, Doctor Train, your picks, um, so he can record them. I'd, I'd appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Um, first game, we're going to start right with uh, Case Fire, and that's the Steelers at the Ravens. And I believe that is NFL Network Thursday nights, if I remember correctly. Yes, it is. Yes. Uh, you know, obviously I'm going with the Steelers. I mean, it's pretty obvious. But 
Um, from not even a football standpoint, dude, the Ravens have to be so damn distracted. Like, they, they're still talking about this. Like, the owners are having conversations, the players ask it, but there's no way they can fully concentrate. And, I mean, I'm very happy that this happens to be the week my Steelers get to play them, selfishly, because uh, we're just going to exploit it. But, I mean, it's just such a tough situation for the Ravens uh, to really, like, play a really good game. I don't expect that to happen. I couldn't see that happening, no matter who they played, let alone my Steelers, of course. Uh, just from a football standpoint, or, I mean, I, I just like the Steelers, man. You know, Le'Veon Bell seems like just, he, he's lost some weight, and uh, all the jokes aside, and for sure, he's trying to break up again. Yeah, you're breaking, breaking up again. Still? Uh, keep talking. All right. Uh, anyway, I like the Steelers week one. I like Marcus Wien. I like Antonio Brown. I like Big Ben. We have no distractions here. Um, we shall win. <laughs> All right. K-Star has the Steelers train. Uh, I want to go to the other side. They were prepared to play without Ray Rice for the first two weeks. So this would be no different. Ravens at home. They come off a tough loss against Cincinnati, so this is another uh, division game. I like the Ravens here. Um, yeah, Kista almost got me with the whole distraction thing, and then he got distracted with his uh, connection breaking up, which led me to believe I'm going back with my original pick. Um, I do think there could be some residual effect, not because Ray Rice isn't playing but because of all the focus on Ray Rice this week. Um, however, they're home, which will help. If they were going to Pittsburgh, I would pick Pittsburgh in a second. But the fact that they're home and the fact that Pittsburgh kind of, uh, as Train said, didn't keep their foot on the gas, um, I'm going to go ahead and go with Baltimore on this one, too. I'm going to go with the Ravens. Um, we have the surprising Patriots at 0-1, losing to the Vikings. I mean, I'm sorry, <clears throat> moving to the Dolphins. And we have the equally surprising Vikings, who are 1-0 and and manhandled the um, hapless Rams. I mean, if the Vikings – I'm sorry, I'm fading fast here. Um, if the Patriots, in my opinion, were the biggest shocker of this weekend – I've got to say the Vikings, maybe not winning, but certainly the, destroying um, the Rams the way they did, 34-6. to six. I'm speechless. Well, now they are hosting the Patriots. So you got a team on the upsurge hosting a team on the downsurge. you got a perfect storm here. K-Star, who you got? I've got the Patriots. Um they usually get these things right. They fix the issues pretty quickly. Uh, I, I just think they'll be a really good team this year. I think I like what Minnesota's doing, but I have full confidence the Patriots are an elite team this year. Like I said, I don't buy too much into week one. It kind of is what it is, and I think the Patriots come out firing and playing really well on both sides of the ball. I like them even. Dr. Train. Um, as, as good as the Vikings looked against, St. Louis, I, I can't, I can't just easily say, you know, Tom Brady is ready to go 0-2, um, and the dude know how he he's he's been with that team long enough, in that offense long enough, with that head coach long enough to fix a problem. So I'm gonna have to ride with the Patriots to get it right this week. 
Yeah, um, I asked myself, you know, I forgot Mike Zimmer's coaching the um, um, Vikings. Mike Zimmer is an excellent defensive coordinator. We had him in Dallas before he went over to Cincinnati, and he finally got his chance. As a a Cowboy fan, I'm happy for Mike Zimmer uh, that he finally got a chance to be head coach, and my God, did he make an impact in the first game. Um, But that said, I, I can't in good conscience Tom Brady I can't imagine the Patriots going on, too. also couldn't imagine him blowing a 10-point lead, losing by two touchdowns to the Vikings, I mean, um, to the Dolphins. Um, but I, I agree. I think they're going to write the ship. I think it's going to be a good game. Um, but I think they're going to write the ship. Um, and, and we were all right about Mr. Patterson. <laughs> uh, that guy's electric. So, um, um, yeah, I'm going with the Patriots. All right. Um, Training Seahawks at the Chargers. You know, this is a little bit of a tough one, but let me see if I can get this out. The Chargers looked okay last night, and they played against a tough Cardinals defense. Well, now they're playing against a tougher defense. And as much as I would like to almost pick an upset here with the Chargers, being at home and the fact that the Seahawks, you know, they can't give up away games. Um, they couldn't even contain Carson Palmer in the box. I don't know what they're going to do with Russell Wilson, even at home. So I, I, I got to go with the Seahawks until I just see the Seahawks, Seahawks not play well. They look spectacular week one. All right. Uh, K-Star. I'm going Seattle. Actually on the road, but I like how that offense looks. I mean, we already know what that defense brings, but I like how the offense looks. I like how Russell Wilson seems to be getting even better. I like that Percy Harvin is actually now part of their offensive rotation on the sideline. And so, uh, you know, I think it would be a good game, but I like Seattle. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Seattle, too, uh, until they lose. Um you know the Chargers. You know they're they're they they always seem so close, but never there. <laughs> uh, they did eat into the playoffs last year, but they just you know they always just seem like right on the verge. Um, but they're they're running, even though they're home. They're going against the juggernaut. They're going against to be the best team in the NFL right now. Um, team that the defense is playing as good as you know maybe they maybe they don't have all the pieces they had last year, but it looked as dominant as I've seen them. And uh, now the offense is really starting to come together. Um, Harvin healthy and, you know, uh, beast mode back there. And, I mean, got to go with the Chargers. I just can't. I mean, I'm sorry, Seahawks, Seahawks. I don't, I don't think the Chargers are ready to take them out yet. Um, all right, uh, train uh, Falcons, who to me are another surprise, even though we watched them on Hard Knocks. Didn't expect them to beat the Saints, just just didn't. Um, but Falcons um, at the Bengals, both uh, teams are one and up. So train. Um, I like the Bengals here. They're at home. If Falcons were at home, I would probably go with Atlanta. But they're on the road. They're going to Cincinnati. Cincinnati is a tough team. People don't want to sometimes give them credit, but they're the best team in the NFC in the uh, AFC North right now. And I like the Bengals. All right. K-Star? 
two teams are the best in the AFC North right now. Um, but I do agree that the Bengals are going to win this game. To me, their biggest strength is their running game, and they have Gio and Jeremy Hill. And I think the biggest weakness of the Falcons is their run defense. The Saints running backs did to them. I like the Bengals at Cincinnati. You know, I'm, I'm going to go with the Falcons. Um, there was a grittiness to them that I haven't seen, didn't see last year. Um, I had a lot of injuries, and we did it, but there was a grittiness. There was this team fought against one of the one of the better teams projected to be in the NFL, a team that some are thinking could be the only, at least before last week, thought if if the if the Saints got home field, maybe they could dethrone the the Seahawks. Um, number fourth ranked defense last year, prolific offense, and yet the Falcons had it just there was something about what how they played that I didn't expect. The win was one thing, but how they got the win, you know, the too late, you know, we know Matt Bryant can, can, can do that, but to get in position at too late 50-plus-yard field goals, I've I, I just seen something from this team I haven't seen since their playoff run. Um, and even though the Bengals won the division, um, I just think Falcons, I, I, listen, Marvin Lewis ain't done it in 11 years. Why are you going to do it this year? <laughs> so I'm going with the Falcons. All right. Uh, what should be a very interesting game, Dr. Train and his Bears traveling to the 49ers, their home opener. Uh, Dr. Train, tell us about the Bears at the 49ers. You know, I'm going to be the first co-host ever on the Madden Voice. Don't do it. Don't do it. To not pick his team. Don't I'm not Chicago. I am picking the Niners at home. I did wow. not see enough of my team in week one. Lo and behold, I did point out some things that the Cowboys did do well against the Niners, but the Niners at home, Chicago is traveling. They don't tend to play well when they play in San Francisco. Um, I haven't seen enough. From the defense, I even watched a little game rewind and just, I don't see the same toughness of the defense that was there when Lovey Smith had control of that defense. I don't know what Mel Tucker is doing. I don't know what he's teaching them boys, but somebody needs to know how to tackle and somebody needs to know how to hit. And the one thing I do know is that San Francisco will come to tackle. They will come to hit. We may have some offensive success, but I think when it comes down to the wire, San Francisco will find a way to win this game. Chicago will not. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm serious, man. Let's have a moment of silence for this one, man. I, you know, I'm picking against the team. Man. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> taking the objective approach for this season. Mm-hmm. 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 Kill the show. Hello. <laughs> you play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. That's the great thing about sports. You play to win. And I don't care if you don't have any wins. You go play to win. When you start telling me it doesn't matter, then retire. Get out. <laughs> you tell me to retire and get out, the Man, <laughs> you got picking against this team, man. All right. He's going objective. Uh, K-Star. I mean, he's right. The Niners are going to win. 
<laughs> wow, that's easy. But he, but he's so wrong. Like that's just such a wrong thing to do. This is that that I feel like the the you just suck the soul. Uh, yeah, you just suck the the show's soul right out from uh. He just deleted the whole. He just deleted the whole show, man. He did. Just I feel stale. I don't even feel real anymore. I don't know what just happened. Um. Anyway, so whatever trains a terrible person, but. And fan, so even if the Bears win, I hope that he feels even worse about it. Uh, but yeah, I, I like the Niners. They're just the, they're the better team, and I think Carlos Hyde has a really big coming out party against the Bears because that defense is terrible. Uh, the Bills even managed to put a points on them. So same friend. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I'm still speechless. Hold on, I got to play something else. No, no, no. Oh. You you don't want me to go much further. Go right ahead. Ask your question. Vernon, Vernon just, uh, it was something that I told everybody at the very beginning of the week. I will not tolerate um, players that think it's about them when it's about the team. And um, we, cannot make, we cannot make decisions that cost the team and then come off the sideline and it's nonchalant. No. You know what? This is how I believe, okay? I'm from the old school. I believe this. I would rather play with ten people and just get penalized all the way until we got to do something else rather than play with 11 when I know that right now that person is not sold out to be a part of this team. It is more about them than it is about the team. I cannot play with them. cannot win with them. cannot coach with them. can't do it. I want winners. I want people that want to win. So now I want to win? It was just relevant to the fact it was Vernon Davis, 49ers, that, you know, I, you know, uh, I know you. Um, um, oh, you know, there's something to that. Train is clearly a selfish player. He put himself before the Bears. He's on his own little agenda. He really, really wants to win this pick'em thing. That's really even more is. so than Absolutely. that's what it is. Absolutely. I know exactly what it that's is. That's what it is. Absolutely, case star. You're right on point. Yeah, trade is not going to jeopardize a pick. And then, yeah, like, see, I did that last week. I put, I put it right on with the Cowboys on 49ers. But trade not going to do that. So okay, that's fine. That's no. okay. Um, hey, you know, and then the sad part about it is, if the Cowboys don't come out and open in possession and fumble that football and set that negative stage. I don't know how that game turns out. But it, it, you know, I, I very clearly said when I predicted the Cowboys that they need to come out and score. I said it. You can go ahead and listen to the tape. I said they need to come out and score. I will say the same thing with the Bears. They need to come out and score. You have Brandon Marshall. You have Jeffries. You have Marcellus Bennett. You have Matt Portet. You've got Jay Cutler. You need to come out and put points on that board to make it competitive. Oh, and one last thing, team. I'm going to give you some help. I don't know who you haven't made your pick yet, but I'm going to give you just a little bit of help so you'll understand. Um, they haven't officially pulled out the injury update, but Alshon Jefferson is dealing with a hamstring. We lost two offensive linemen that may not be playing this week, and they'll be replaced by two backups. So, yeah. Is Jeffrey not going to play? Because I, I got him. I need to bench him. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> he may not play. He's, he had a hamstring injury in the last game. Right. And hamstrings are uh, some of the worst well, because they're not. Well, I would go with the 49ers anyway. They're home. And, um, you know, I'm not a Bears fan. I got no reason to pick the Bears. I'm going to go with 49ers because they're, you know, they're home. 
um, Chicago, in Chicago. I would have thought longer about it, but, um, you know, at home, yeah, I'm going to go with the 49ers. I'm still just, you know, I'm, I'm just, I, mean, I don't know, we might have to call it National Day of Mourning or something because, um, you know, <laughs> Dr. Train picked against his parents. I mean, I, mean I, feel, I, feel like, I feel like I should play this song one more time. Word. Chicago Bear fan around picked the 49ers. I, I, can't, I can't even believe it. Okay, last this is what time. happens when you move to California for too long. You forget where you came from. Yeah, too far from Chicago. Now. At least, yeah, too far. You know, what I mean, at least before he was, he, he could, he could feel the coldness of Chicago. Exactly. Now he's all got in, out there in the warm weather. Now, he's, now he's all pretentious, picking against his own team. I mean, it's just yeah, man. I, you know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> K-Star, you're my last hope, man. I, you pick against your Steelers, I quit. I'm, I'm giving up. I'm going I'm to go get a job at Best Cleaners or somewhere, and I'm, I'm done hosting, man, if you pick against your Steelers. Man, I'm done. Um, I, love I, you, brother. I, I, I hope I, you can understand the pick. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, nah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if my brother would ever pick against uh, the Cowboys. I don't, I don't know. He might. He might. I don't know. I don't know. Is a question to ask him? I don't know. Uh, uh, last, certainly not least, um, Eagles at the Colts. And um, the Colts went down. They made a nice valid comeback, but uh, too short. And um, the the Eagles uh, didn't look good at all in the first half, went down 17 to nothing, and, uh, but put it together in the second half and uh, blew out the, you know, Jacksonville, still Jacksonville. Um, Colts are hosting the Eagles. I'll, I'll take this one first. Um, I still don't think the Eagles are going to be what everybody thinks they're going to be, and I think the first half of last week's game shows you that. Now they got it together for the second half, and I'll give them credit. It is a 60-minute game. They were able to get it together, get some points, you know, do their thing. But um, I still don't buy. I think they will compete for the NFC East division because the NFC East is still so weak. Beyond that, I don't. I, a game like this, going away to Indianapolis. Uh, can they beat Indianapolis? Yes. Will they beat Indianapolis? No. No. Not at all. So I'm going with the Colts. Plain and simple. And, and, and this is a game, this is where we see what Andrew Luck is really made of. Because do the Colts want to go 0-2? That's with Tennessee winning, right? Do the Colts want to go 0-2? Now, Cowboys got Tennessee, which would be a very interesting game in Tennessee. Um, we, this is where we'll see what Andrew Luck is made of, okay? Um, but I got the Eagles. I'm, I'm sorry, I got the Colts. Not the Eagles. I got the Colts at home. Um, K-Star. Well, for me, I feel like we already know who Andrew Luck is, and he's already been a great quarterback. I think you can actually say the same thing about the other quarterback, Nick Foles. We're going to find out maybe more who he is as we still, again, the guy hasn't really played a full 16 yet. 
this is a big game. And he did struggle. Um, and, you know, he had a good second half, pulled through. But it's going to be a hostile environment. Again, it's opening uh, night for the, for the Colts season opener. Um, and, you know, I think the biggest thing going against the Eagles is they've lost two offensive linemen already for an extended period of time. Uh, one, which is uh, their Pro Bowl guard, and then they lost, I believe, their right tackle for the season. Um, however, I mean, the Colts don't have Robert Mathis. He's up for the year, and he wouldn't have been playing anyway. But with that said, I – I think Philly wins, um, and the reason why is I just I feel like they have more of an identity than what the Colts have. I feel like the Colts are still trying to figure out what they want to do on offense. Either you know are they a power running team or are they going to let Andrew Luck just take over? They should do the latter. But I like Philadelphia to pull the upset. Trey, well, what I've come to understand is that the NFL is all about balance. It's it's it's, it's, it's turning into the the parity. You know, it's just a magic word, and the parody is going to come early. Uh, but with that said, I am a believer in Look, and that is Andrew Look. I love the way he plays. I love, you know what I'm saying, dude's comeback. You know, how he, stay, how he plays 60 minutes regardless of what all of the Colts do. But with that said, and him being at home, I, I'm taking the Colts to, to definitely win this one and not go down 0-2. All and, right. No, I'm still not sucking the uh, Nick Foles juice. What is that? Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, so we are wrapping up, um, and, I, and I'm definitely fading fast, so I will be, I will be uh, taking some uh, uh, medicine shortly. Uh, but everyone, uh, there will be some new segments on the Mad Voice coming up. I'm um, going to introduce a pep talk session where the host can take, you know, a minute or two tops and give anyone NFL-related a pep talk. It could be a coach. It could be a player. It can be, you know, someone connected to the NFL. I'm just give them a pep talk. Give them, give them that. You know, maybe your Bears are going to play the 49ers and looking like a hopeless game. So if you're, in the, if you're in the locker room and you're the head coach, what do you tell your Bears to get them up to win this game? That's the kind of thing that we're going to be looking at doing. I borrowed this from another uh, – another show, and I liked it. I didn't like how they did it, but I think we can do it better. Uh, we're also going to introduce a kind of a MVP segment where uh, we can pick our weekly MVP. Um, the one thing I'm going to ask from the host is not to pick a player from their own team. Um, I think it becomes more interesting when you don't count your own team and you must pick another team. And I'll give you a quick example of how this would work. Um, how well, it's I good to know, by the way, sorry to interrupt you, it's good to know that at least we don't have to count on train to pick anyone from his team ever on that show. Well, we, we know that. We know that's not going to happen. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, for me, if we were doing that this week and we still got to tweak out some of the details, I would hands down pick J.J. Watt because, and the reason I would pick J.J. Watt is because he just got signed to a mega contract and then went out on the field and showed everybody why he deserved all that money. And how many times do we see these guys getting big contracts and disappearing, and you wonder what happened? And J.J. Watt went out there with Clowney being down, and we didn't even talk about his injury, but with Clowney being down and getting injured in the first half, and J.J. Watt on defense pretty much took over that game. The guy was just incredible. And there's others you could pick. You could pick – you could pick uh, Calvin Johnson and his others, but that's the kind of discussion I think we're going to have is pick a player, not on your team, and who would you give the weekend VP to and why? And uh, that would be my – that guy, I watched that game, and I just 
I could I couldn't even talk. The guy was just so good. He he's so good. Oh my god, he's so good. Anyway, um, all right. Um, let's go with. Well, you know what? Let me do this real quick. Let me just try this. Let's see if this works. I think that is that case. Start buzzing over. Hold on. I don't know. Somebody always giving me a lot of feedback. Is that you, Train? It was trained. I don't know. Probably. Probably give me a lot of respect, but all right, let's try this. Let's try this. JB, are you there? JB. What's going on, brother? What's up, man? We about to sign off. We thought we'd at least we thought we would at least get your voice on the show real quick before we say goodnight. Well, I appreciate it. I didn't want to be a, a disruption or or disturb the show, so that's why I wanted to just bow out today. But uh, I definitely will be on next week, and I will have my picks for, for Dr. Train in about 15 minutes, and we will definitely get the show rocking again next week. Awesome. Sounds great. Sounds, from you, man. sounds great. And I just got your text. I'm glad that we're on the same page uh, for the MVP. I, 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 that's great. I, I like that. I think that's going to be a great uh, additional segment to the show. So uh, that's marvelous. Marvelous. Good stuff. Excellent. All right. Thank you, brother. My pleasure. All right. K-Star, any final words? Uh, I just hope this Ray Rice thing dies down. I mean, it won't. It's just, uh, it sucks because I just want, I just wish we could talk about football. And I wish we could just reflect on week one. And um, the sooner this goes away, the better. But hopefully it gets resolved soon. And, you know, either way, whatever. Week two, it's about to start, and I'm very excited for it. Steelers-Ravens Thursday night. Let's get it. All right. Thank you, K-Star. My brother, Dr. Train, any final words? Oh, wait a minute. I think I muted the wrong person. Can you hear me? I did. I did. I'm sorry. I, I muted you by accident. Okay. <laughs> okay, no problem. So my lady's playing fantasy football this year, and I, I helped her with her draft and everything. So we finished the draft, and she's looking through a team. And you know how they have the notes by the players to let you know, give a status update of whether they got injured or whatnot. And she drafted Wes Welker. And so she, <laughs> she looks at the note on Wes Welker, and then all of a sudden I hear, oh, no, Wes Welker has a concussion? I about died. Because <laughs> we haven't even started the season yet. And she's already at like she's been playing this for like two, three years. I'm just saying. Coming from a lady, I thought that was hilarious. But the last uh, thing I'll say, go Bears. I'm trying reverse psychology. This has got to work. Please beat the Niners. All right, I'm done. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Trey. All right. So, you know, um, I, I, you know, my closing comments are quite simple. Um, I love football. I, I uh, was on Facebook earlier, and uh, my cousin, uh, Andy, had commented about how this is the first year in his life that he will not be sharing football with his father. And his father is my Uncle Costin, who passed away um, back in uh, the, the beginning of June, um, and it was about, about two to three weeks before my dad passed away. And 
it, it was funny reading that post from my cousin because I was feeling the same way on Sunday. Football, even though it was a Thursday night game, I mean, really the season started on Sunday for most of us because that's really when football really kicks in. And I was realizing that, you know, this will be the first year that I won't be sitting downstairs in my dad's basement and um, talking football with him, and, you know. And I got a little sad, but then I realized, you know, I have the Madden voice, and we have dedicated this season to my dad. And so even though I won't be sitting downstairs talking football with him, um, I know somehow, some way he can hear the show. And um, he will be on my mind and my brother's mind, of course, as we um, as we go through the season talking football. So, um, you know, with that said, my only my only other comment: um, I love the game of football. I love the sport. It is really tough when there's so many distractions to take you away from the competitive side. The Ray Rice thing, Ray McDonald thing drug testing, HGH, hormone testing, you know, you just want to get through all that and get back to the game. So I'm hoping over the next few days that we can get back to some competitive football and get away from all the other the other stuff. Let's get back on the field because that's where it's settled, right? It's not settled on TV. It's not settled on this show. You know, it's not settled on the computer. It's settled on the field. That said, I want everybody to have a great night. We'll be back here next Tuesday night, same bat time, same bat channel. For my brother, JB, for Dr. Train, and for K-Star, everybody have a great night. And remember to check, check out all the games because, like on the Madden Voice, all feuds are settled on the field. Good night, everybody.